with this its is, uh, political beatdown. About Michael their Cohen. history, about the Louis, the Phillips, about the Georges, and so on. And they'll give you a historical analysis of their of the history of their country, which obviously is you know, much more significant in terms of years than the United States of America. But they can give you a comprehensive understanding of their country's history. Go ahead and ask most people, who's the second president of the United States of America? I can't even tell you, right? In fact, you go ahead and you ask people right now, and I'm talking about maggots. You ask them who's the chief of staff of, you know, for Joe Biden. They couldn't tell you. You ask them who's the chief of staff for Donald Trump and pick any one of the ones that he had, right? They can't tell you that either. We are actually ignorant when it comes to our own government, when it comes to our own um, U.S. history. And I believe that Everybody should be, you know, their history should be taught and it should be respected. Slavery, civil war, is part of America. And the contributions of black Americans, blacks in general, should actually be taught the same way that it's taught for white America. And that's all that this wokeness is all about. And the fact that they have a problem with it, the fact that there's a problem with trying to acknowledge somebody else's contribution to this country other than white America just goes to show you the, the concern and the fear that they have of losing white privilege. And that's the problem. Yeah, and as Democrats are talking about things that actually like like they're talking about jobs right they're talking about health care they're talking about better working conditions i mean at a time when eli Lilly said that all the insulin prices will now be capped at 35 dollars you had MAGA republicans on the floor of the house of representatives saying that that is price fixing that that is a problem like what are you you want the price of insulin to go you know to go up higher and by the way you you look at you know i go to uh, donald trump's social media platform i don't use its name because oftentimes i look to see what he's posting and to see just how deranged it is and when they talk about diabetes rather than actually putting forward trends i, I kid you not on this one i'll try to find what i saw um what they talked about is the cure is they had someone drinking a gigantic uh, pickle jar that like looks like a, a big tube and right under Donald Trump's post like that is what they are promoting on, on the platform completely bizarre and deranged but like all of the things that you are channeling I think is so important that we talk about here on the Midas Touch Network when it comes to decency when it comes to compassion when it comes to humanity, because you know, ben, at ben, its core, me, those ben, are values ben, ben, that I just got, I, got to, I want to jump in for one second. You just made me think of something, and I know I'll forget it, because I'm so fired up, and my blood pressure is probably <laughs> through the roof right now. But, you know, it's, what you're saying is spot on. It's what I was trying to say. That history is not unique to any one specific group. Yes, you learn little tidbits about, for example, the Holocaust, right? The Everybody basically, it's almost like um, required reading, the diary of Anne Frank. Really? That's it? What about, you know, um, Frankel's book, you know, Man's Search for Meaning? What about the other hundreds of other books about the Holocaust? But something that they never teach you about and something that they should
Arctic Africa, where they're going in there. One group maybe another group. Uh, and look at what happened to the Armenian genocide. You ask most people about it, they have no idea. Right? This is history. And in order to understand your future, it is imperative to understand your past. That's a simple principle of life. It, you cannot understand where you're going to be tomorrow if you don't understand where you were yesterday. And the fact that that's being challenged, the fact that these Mago Republicans, the Ron DeSantis, it's why DeSantis has no chance of winning a general election. Yeah, he may be popular in Florida, right, which is... Obviously, very damaging to Donald's ego because he's now moved there full time. But at the end of the day, he doesn't translate because he's so myopic in his thoughts and the fact that he refuses to acknowledge, like Donald, science, coronavirus. You know, the fact that, you know, black Americans have a history, too, that should not just be taught to white Americans, but should be should be made part of a curriculum and there'd be books about, you know, yes, every, probably every single one of us knows somebody who's gay, right? And many of us have friends, you know, and we'll go out for dinners, my wife and I, and we go out with friends of ours that are, you know, married to same-sex marriage. It's the quality of the individuals, not, you know, not the heterosexuality that, you know, you want to spend time having dinner, breaking bread with people. But this bothers this specific Southern white Christian coalition. It bothers the evangelical community, as does what I choose to do with my, you know, or I should say as my wife would choose to do with her reproductive rights, what goes on in our bedroom, the decision of the woman to carry or not. I mean, this bothers them, and this nonsense, this sort of taking away of our constitutional rights, of our protective rights, you know, of our rights, needs to stop, because like with Roe versus Wade, the fact that that, we will never in our lifetime see the return of Roe v. Wade. The only way that's going to happen is if Joe Biden just does something drastic, which I think he would do. If I was president, I would do it tomorrow. I would immediately put additional members of the Supreme Court. I would put new members uh, onto the Supreme Court, add another five. And then I would flip the balance, and then we would end up Me making too. it um, you know, law and precedented and make it constitutionally protected. End of story. There'd be no more issue of sorry decisive no more lies by uh, individuals who are seeking the, you know, the spot as Supreme Court justices where they'll tell you, I respect sorry decisive, uh, you know, the prior decisions, and instead, the first chance they get, overturn it, all right? This is what we're supposed to be advancing, not retracting as far as who we are as a people and who we are as a country. And it is vital that we have these important conversations on platforms like this, because they certainly aren't happening on large media networks. And it's precisely also what the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, said back in a congressional hearing when he was being yelled at. I mean, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is being yelled at by Matt Gates being told he's too woke for having a diverse curriculum within military academies. And Mark Milley, the, chair, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, is like, I think it is important that we become 
learned people that military officers learn these things to understand perspectives in the world. You know, Vladimir Putin, who MAGA Republicans love, one of his biggest Achilles heel is the fact that everything has to be filtered through the propagandist lens and they don't get the truth. And similar to the MAGA principle, they promote the most loyalist idiots there and not people who are the brightest. And we should be a country that promotes the brightest, that promotes truth, and promotes decency. I want to get to just the final topic here, and this is the Department of Justice memorandum that was just filed in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, where they want to make clear in an amicus brief. The D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals requested that this memo be filed by the Department of Justice in connection with a case brought by Capitol Police officers and members of Congress who sued a bunch of people, including Donald Trump, for their injuries in connection with the January 6th insurrection. The district court judge denied Donald Trump's motion to dismiss, so then Trump appealed to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. And the main issue that they're looking at is this case, Nixon versus Fitzgerald, which basically held that during the term in office, a president has absolute immunity, even for unlawful conduct where it was, is within the outer contours of presidential power. So in the Fitzgerald case, there was a wrongful termination allegation, an unlawful termination of Fitzgerald, who was a whistleblower by Nixon. But there, the court uh, held still hiring and firing is a power within the constitutional parameters and the outer limits of what uh, presidents do. So an unlawful termination, you can't sue presidents for that while they're in office or even after they leave office for conduct during office. And then you had another case in 1997, Clinton versus Jones, involving conduct of President Clinton before he was in office. And there the court said, oh no, conduct before you become the president, you could absolutely be sued for. The same thing, conduct after you could be sued for, but not conduct during the office if it's within your constitutional scope. And so here the Department of Justice took a scalpel. It was a very nuanced argument where they basically said any categorical argument that Trump is trying to make that inciting political violence is within the outer limits of his constitutional duties. We don't agree with that. And the Department of Justice, remember the Department of Justice job is generally to protect the executive branch. So they want to balance the unique unprecedented nature of an insurrection and Trump's conduct, but they also don't want to create categorical situations where a president's power could be diminished. So they took a very narrow view and said, specifically here, Trump's conduct is in the outer limits. Now, I've seen people say on Twitter and elsewhere, the Department of Justice ruled that Donald Trump does not have absolute immunity. They don't rule. They're not the court. They are being asked by the D.C. Circuit to submit a brief. Ultimately, it is the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals that's going to make a actual ruling, and that will come in the next few weeks or months, and then thereafter it will likely get appealed to the United States Supreme Court. One final point there. This relates to civil damages, monetary lawsuits, and the Department of Justice wanted to make very clear that the Nixon versus Fitzgerald framework is not to be utilized in criminal cases. They said it in footnote one on page three, but it was a very important footnote basically intimating that 
any of these arguments that may possibly protect presidents, that relates to civil, not Hi, criminal baby. conduct. So, Cohen, I think that's the appropriate position for the Department yeah. of Justice. Big, what do you think? I totally agree with you. Look, you know, you're stating facts, and that's what we do here on Political Beatdown. We state facts. You know, it's funny because uh, as I look through some of the comments, there's someone who turned around and said, you know, Cohen can't be president because he's a felon. Well, first of all, that's actually not accurate because facts matter, you know, as in this case. There is nothing, there's nothing in the Constitution that prohibits a felon from running for the presidency. Just so you know, and you should actually Google it. See, this is the problem. People have a thought. They don't do any research, and then they just comment. And so if there's other people that are reading, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 he can't run because this guy had said so, and it sounds right, but it's not right. Um, you know, a felon can run for the presidency of the United States. In fact, I was asked today to possibly consider running for, uh, for mayor of New York City. Uh, you know, I, prior to coming here, I had a lunch with a group of um, uh, pretty powerful Democrats who really wanted me to consider taking a run uh, at the office um, for, you know, mayor here in, in New York. I'm not prohibited from that either. So that's just no. Now, they also said because I'm Jewish that there's a better than likely chance I couldn't win. That could be true. There's a lot of anti-Semites in this country, and we see that every single day. But, you know, just that was as a little bit of digression. Yes, Ben, you are a hundred percent correct in your in your statement and in your usage of facts, and that's again what's important here on political beatdown. That we provide you with raw, unfiltered, unapologetic facts. In fact, one of the things that Ben and I are talking about is potentially putting together the million, you know, a million um, beatdown brigade, and maybe we'll all show up in Washington D.C. when we get to that million number. And that way, we will make sure that our voices are heard, not going ahead and, you know, defecating on the floors of the people's house and smearing. I'm talking about a peaceful protest in front of the White House to show them that we will not stand for these MAGA fools. We will not stand for the bullshit going on in the people's house right now, like the grandstanding of Ted Cruz or Lauren Boebert or Marjorie Taylor Greene or Josh Hawley. Um, Again, some of the things that they said the other day, I truly agree with them on, right, about, you know, making sure that fentanyl and other drugs don't come through the border. Who wouldn't agree with that? It's not the message. It's the messenger, because they're not saying it for the same reason that we are, which is the protection of life. They're saying it in order to attack Joe Biden and this administration. All right. And that's not only stupid, it's selfish. To your point, they're also supporting people who defecate on the Capitol building, and they call them political prisoners, and yeah. that's not even close to the worst of their conduct and the worst of the people. Well, ben, let's, let's you and I talk offline about doing a uh, another middle-of-the-week you know, special you know, here and figure out how to do it, because there's a lot that's going on, to our, and our brigaders need to be... First in line for the knowledge, first in line for the truth, and first in line for the facts. So you know, the, you know, the, with with you, we, we should definitely schedule that. You know, the political beatdown concept began with Cohen and I just having 
these conversations as good friends, and we said, you know what, we need to share these conversations that we're having with everyone. So we basically invite you into our living rooms in these shows, and you're having the same conversations that Cohen and I would be having offline. We just bring it online here on the Midas Touch Network. Everybody make sure to check out Cohen's new book, Revenge, wherever books are sold and wherever audio books are sold. If you are one of the few people who have not yet read Revenge, make sure you check that out. Now, we are headed to 1 million subscribers here on the Midas Touch Network. We're calling this month of March, the March to 1 million subscribers. So if you haven't subscribed, hit subscribe right now. If you are a YouTube viewer, make sure you also subscribe to Political Beatdown wherever you get your audio podcast. Just search Political Beatdown on whatever audio podcast platform you prefer. And for those audio podcast listeners only, check out what we're doing on the Midas Touch Network by subscribing to the Midas Touch YouTube channel. want to remind everybody as well to subscribe to Michael Cohen's other podcast, Mea Culpa. Subscribe to Mea Culpa, and we have the exclusive videos feeds of Mea Culpa as well here on the Midas Touch Network. If you haven't seen the one we did from last week, it was an incredible interview between Cohen and Lev Parnas. Make sure you check that one. We have an all-new episode coming this weekend of Mea Culpa with Glenn Kirshner. It is an incredible episode, and anytime you get Glenn on and you get Cohen on talking together about the law, it is a great, great conversation. Lastly, don't forget, please, follow me on TikTok as I'm now coming close to my 250,000 follower. You will laugh your asses off. I am posting what I call Michael Cohen Reacts. You get a good two, three minutes of a solid Michael Cohen rant. So it's Michael <laughs> Cohen underscore. Enjoy them. There's a whole bunch that are there as we're now getting close to the 250,000 mark. So thank you. Thank you are to, to all of you, our political beatdown brigade. And remember, we are, we are Ben and I are talking about that beatdown brigade, you know, million person brigade march to Washington, whatever we're going to call it. I don't know yet, but we will have a lot of fun, and we will make our voice heard, because that's what this is all about. Thanks for watching, and special shout-out to the Midas Mighty. Cross-examination. Please court. Welcome to the political beatdown. Touch with all your friends on all your social media feeds. With Ben Myers and Bill Cohen, you see me smiling, everybody, because before the book, <laughs> Cohen and I 
just have so much fun bringing you the news, bringing you the truth unfiltered. Let's just talk about some of the topics that we are going to be discussing. So yesterday we learned that uh, Kellyanne Conway was leaving the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. And if anybody's read Michael Cohen's books, you know how she is related to the Manhattan District Attorney's criminal investigation into Donald Trump and what Kellyanne Conway said to Michael Cohen after the hush money payments were made to Stormy Daniels. So I want Cohen to react to that. It's also a big day tomorrow for Michael Cohen with the Manhattan District Attorney. He'll explain why. we got to also go talk about the what's going on in the House of Representatives where this is the Democratic Party that I've been like, waiting for. I mean, Jamie Raskin is like LeBron James in his Prime, right? <laughs> to see Raskin, I don't know, you know, if it's just because, like, now that the Democrats are in the minority in the House of Representatives, that it kind of frees them, or, or it's Hakeem Jeffries' leadership, which I think is probably more of that. But this is some amazing, amazing stuff. Just before we went live, the Department of Justice filed a legal brief, it's known as an amicus. Uh, brief with the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, where they explain that even though the presidential powers for absolute immunity has these outer limits, which are very much outer limits, Trump's conduct on January 6th in inciting political violence doesn't fall within those outer limits. And the Department of Justice, which is its job, is to traditionally to protect the executive branch is basically saying yes, but not when it comes to the insurrection and civil lawsuits. And also George Santos, we learn, is now actually subject to a formal House Ethics Committee investigation. <laughs> it's about multiple months too late, but I suppose the uh, Republicans are trying to save face before there's an indictment there. So uh, this is the political beatdown. What's up, Brigade? What's up, Michael? Oh, How right. are you? Well, the first thing that's up is that your time is a little out of focus. you got to fix that. How's that happen? Well, I have no idea. You know, technology, I don't know, maybe clean it off or something. So let me let me take let me take our brigaders into the scenario of what's going on here with Kelly and Conway. In fact, I have heard from a couple of sources today that Kellyanne is going back or has already made her way back to the end. They weren't done with her yesterday. That's actually a pretty interesting sign in and of itself. But truth be told, I can't figure out why. She didn't play a major role in the notification to Donald of the 130000 uh, it was a phone call that I had made to her to let Donald know. I talked about it in my book, Disloyal. Uh, I believe I even uh, bring it up. I don't recall, but I may have mentioned, I don't know if Kellyanne's name is mentioned in it, but I talked about that as well uh, in my new book called Revenge. So again, I certainly ask all of my brigaders to go to Amazon, go to Barnes & Noble, wherever you get your books, read it because you'll understand more of what's going on simply by reading Revenge. Now, going back to Kellyanne, this is really another problem for Donald because it's another insider that will attest to the fact that Donald had knowledge of the transaction. And that's one of the issues that I think is right now being 
discussed. I do want to let my brigaders know, again, since you are part of this political beatdown brigade, you should be the first to know, that tomorrow I am going back to Danny, District Attorney of New York's office. This time, though, it is not for more information or to discuss case. This is rather prep uh, for a potential appearance for the grand jury, my potential appearance for the grand jury. Uh, the way that I see it, we already know, it's already been reported, people like Pete Davidson, former attorney for um, Stormy Daniels has appeared. I think Donald Bender, we know uh, David Pecker, we know Dylan Howard, we know Jeff McConney, we also know that um, Deborah Tarasov have all appeared. Now, of course, Kellyanne. We know that these people have already appeared. I'm due to come in to prep my expectation, and I think it only makes sense. I'm not giving away any top secrets here. If they're bringing me in for prep, one would have to imagine that in short order they're going to be bringing me and presenting me before the grand jury. Um, you know, obviously that's just the beginning. Once the grand jury is convened and ultimately will make a determination whether or not um, they agree and that an indictment should be forthcoming. Uh, I do believe that Alvin Bragg is going to act in an expeditious and professional manner, um, which means, as far as I'm concerned, I think it will be in a very, very timely um, scenario that indictments come out. And I'm actually quite interested to see, you know, how this case ends up um, unfolding, simply because it will be the first time in U.S. history, first time ever, that a president or a former president has ever been indicted. I mean, this is unprecedented territory right now. And how spectacular is that going to be that Alvin Bragg, a man that everyone thought had walked away from the case, may actually, may actually be the guy who creates the first indictment against the former guy. So stay tuned, you know, brigaders, because this shit's moving. And this shit's <laughs> I like it. I like it. So the Kelly and Conway piece of this, though, just to back up there. Um, so after the payments were made to Stormy Daniels, Donald Trump did not immediately call you back, but you had a phone call from Kellyanne where she was basically acting as his, and this is in your book, so I'm not like breaking new news everyone just needs to read the book as well which talks more about it but she calls you cohen and she basically says got it thank you for this you know and she does the call on his behalf is that basically what went down there ah um it's as I, as you said it appropriately it's all in the book. um you know one of the things that i don't want to do is you know discuss things that could potentially be before the grand jury. You know, my fear is that the. what? Uh, the. I'm making um, propagating desert chains. Oh man, kids. Or that these issues are discussed. What I wrote, I wrote, and I stand by what I wrote. 
so again, I would recommend that our brigaders read it so that you can see it for yourself. But I stand behind what I said. My only concern is I don't want to be um, a reason why Trump's counsel or counsels, because I promise you this, right? If in fact an indictment is forthcoming, you could imagine that for the first time, I mean, look at, you got to see who he has, you know, as counsel right now. You're not talking about uh, any legal beagles here. You're basically talking about the bottom of the barrel. And when it comes to this shit, I promise you, this is not the kind of thing that anybody is going to take lightly, uh, especially not Donald. He's going to have to reach into those hundreds of millions of dollars that he's grifted off of the unsuspecting maggots, all right, these fucking morons that keep supporting a billionaire when they don't have $2 to rub together. He's going to have to reach into those coffers, and he's going to have to overpay a law firm in order to represent him. First of all, many of the big law firms have conflicts of interest. That's the start. And I highly doubt that anybody's going to waive that conflict to give Donald the opportunity to have a major white shoe firm representing him. Then on top of that, historically, what do we know? Again, something that I talked about in both of the books, Donald doesn't pay his bills. So why in the world would you want to deal with a guy who is a racist, sexist, misogynistic, xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic, anti-Semite, who also doesn't pay his bills and wants to guide you in how the litigation should proceed when he has no idea what he's talking about, despite the fact he'll tell you that he knows more about the law than his lawyers. All right. Again, the narcissistic sociopathy of Donald J. Trump. So he's not going to have an easy time finding legitimate counsel to take on this case. All right. Um, well, let's not forget, he also didn't have really significant counsel. I mean, I think one guy was either a negligence attorney or, I mean, he's got Alina Haba who does parking lot uh, litigation and so on, representing him in a plethora of cases, most of which, if not almost almost all of which, you know, she has lost because she has no idea what she's doing. In fact, you may recall if you actually Google it, um, in a case against me, Alina Haba actually signed a motion that she was preparing as if she was the judge. This is the legal beagles that we're talking about. On top of that, that he doesn't pay his That's bills. Hilarious. Most, most people don't want to represent him I mean, for that's obvious something reasons. Even I so wouldn't do. This is going to be an interesting game, uh, especially for Donald. <laughs> what I do believe will happen is if, in fact, he's indicted, this is going to be, again, a case of unprecedented nature. The case will go forward. They will make motions to dismiss. They will do what they regularly do in all cases, and that's to attempt to delay, delay, delay. Instead of filing an answer, they'll obviously file a motion to dismiss in lieu of, a, in lieu of an answer. Um, they'll make that summary judgment motion. That's going to get delayed. It'll get delayed a little longer. He's going to try to wear out the clock, thinking that this is going to help him. In fact, he becomes the presidential nominee. Again, the presidential nominee for the GOP does not absolve him of criminal liability or litigation. That is only uh, saved for the president. Mind you, Donald Trump running against Joe Biden cannot win. All right. I want to be very clear about that. Donald Trump has a stronghold. Let's not 
underestimate the guy either. He has an absolute stronghold of 28% of the Republican Party. He's also losing favorability amongst many, many members uh, of Congress, Republican members. He's lost, of course, all the Democrats, um, or any Democrat for that matter. Um, but 28% of the Republican Party. Now, the Republican Party only constitutes about 35, 36% of the entire electorate here in the United States. So, doing the math, Donald Trump cannot win general election. Republicans know that, which is why so many of the Republican members of Congress are trying to distance themselves. Now, when I say many of the Republican members, obviously I'm not talking about the, the fools, the ones that we know about, the Marjorie Taylor's, the Josh Hawley's, the Mac Gates's, the, you know, uh, you know, the Ted Cruz's. They're not so fast to jump away because they know their political futures rests upon his modest support as well as, of course, fundraising. So there's a lot that's going on here. This is going to be a case of unprecedented nature. So to my brigaders, as Donald had said, right, so be careful what you say sometimes, Donald. Stand back, stand by, because the shit's about ready to get real, right? I like when it gets real. Now, when we were talking about Alvin Bragg, um, you know, a lot of the viewers and listeners before were very critical, especially when they learned that Dunn and Pomerantz, very well-respected attorneys, that they had resigned, um, whether Alvin Bragg was actually going to move towards a prosecution of what in the world was going on. I think a lot of people, uh, viewers and listeners, still have those fears. Um, but one of the things that you had said, and by the way, I share that as well. I, I share those fears. I shared those concerns. But you've been very, very complimentary without getting into any specifics of who's on the team, who you've met with, what they've asked you. You've never gone there. But you've made it very clear that even when you've been critical of the way they may that, that the way it went down with Dunn and Pomerantz, you were like, you know what? Ever since I started meeting with them, the first time, good meeting, the second time, now three times, now you're going to have this prep session. Like, these people, Ben, Brigade, are the real deal. You agree? Yeah, I agree. And one of the things that I regularly say, uh, not just um, on our show here, Ben, but on television as well, I, too, was extremely critical of Alvin Bragg uh, post the resignation of Mark Pomerantz and Harry Dunn. Who exceptional. And when I say exceptional, listen, I have dealt with some of the best lawyers in this country. Uh, I can tell you that they certainly fall off within that category. They are exceptional, exceptional uh, criminal attorneys and litigators. Their questioning was spot on, and their memory recall for the answers, as of course, you know, remember I taught I used in the airplane as the uh, metaphor 35,000 to 30,000, 25, 15, all the way to the point that we're at the literally landing stage. Uh, their recollection and their recall, as to the information previously stated, was unbelievable. But guess what? So is this new team by Alvin Bragg. But one of the things that I want to be very clear about is when Cy Vance, our former district attorney here in New York, um, decided he was not going to run, which of course opened the door for Alvin Bragg, 
Alvin Bragg ran on the, you know, the the adage that no one is above the law and that he will hold all people accountable for crimes, including Donald J. Trump. Well, I think he's living up to that promise, his campaign promise. Uh, did he do it right away? Did we waste a year? Uh, yeah. The answer is, I believe so. Um, however, something that I now waste begun to two realize, years. which is that this is his office. They should have invited in him the day he left office. Like the district attorney's office. And having a case such as this one, which is against a former president of the United States, Trump should have been indicted the day he left office. Why wasn't he? Why wasn't he fucking a, indicted? A guy with a massive, massive megaphone and a bully pulpit. A guy who has no problem in having his supporters attack you. And I'm not just talking about, you know, on social or untrue social or Twitter or oh, their um, social media platforms or in the news like Fox, OAN, Newsmax, etc. I'm talking about, you know, um, legitimately attacking people. So I understand that Alvin Bragg wanted to put the brakes on this case. I understand he wanted to come up to speed at his, um, at his speed, not have it forced upon him. And all I can say is at the end of the day, it's not about how you got to your destination. It's about the fact that you get to your destination. And again, if we're going to use the metaphor of an airplane, okay, sometimes you sit on the tarmac because of, you know, con airplane congestion. Sometimes there is a delay because of weather or a malfunction in the airplane. Let's call this one a malfunction in the aircraft. Okay, great. Everybody got off the plane, brought in another plane. We're a little delayed here, or maybe a lot delayed, but at the end of the day, that flight is in the air, and we are legitimately approaching destination justice. I love it. I want to go talk okay. about what's been going on on the House floor and in these committee hearings. We talked about the committee hearings on the last show, but we did the Midas Touch pack side of what we do. We did make an ad. Um, based on one of the things that Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, said, stronger women. Um, let's just play this, and then I want you to react to it. Let's play the clip of the new Midas Touch Pack. In 2020, there were 4.8 thousand pounds of fentanyl seized by CBP. But in 2021, it increased to 11.2 thousand pounds of fentanyl was seized by the CBP. That is a direct result of Biden administration policy. President Biden. Midas Touch is responsible for the content of this advertising. I'm not sure if she knows the word seizing, but, you know, I guess she's a big fan of, uh, of the work that Biden's done. What do you think about that, Ed? Well, first of all, I thought the Ed was fantastic. I actually have, like, goosebumps. I'm not sure I have the goosebumps because it was so loud, but rather because it was really impactful and it was really well done. Kudos to Midas. All right? Midas touch. Kudos. And it's why, it's why that this program and why all of the Midas um, programs, Midas Touch programs, are so important. These are the type of ads that I am begging the head of the DNC, Jamie Harrison, to start to use. 
Now, you may have also, if you follow me on Twitter, or if you follow me on, uh, so I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you follow me, if you don't follow me, please do. Uh, it's Michael Cohen 212 at Twitter. It's, under, it's Michael Cohen underscore uh, at uh, Instagram, and it's Michael Cohen on TikTok. But the reason I tell you to follow me is I did something the other day that, you know, a lot of people took some umbrage to. I don't really care because I'm going to speak my mind on. I was actually watching the Merrick Garland hearings, and as much as I can't stand um, Lindsey Graham, I have to be honest, he's 100% correct. There's fentanyl that's coming into this country at an alarming rate. The fact that there's even one fentanyl pill that's coming in over the, uh, through the borders uh, into the United States and killing Americans. I have a real problem with, and, you know, I've unfortunately known too many people who have overdosed as a direct result of whether it's oxycotton or whether now fentanyl. Uh, this, is, this is a real epidemic in this country. And, yes, Merrick Garland, when asked the question about what he's doing, he is, he is required to answer the question. I don't give a shit if it's a Republican. I don't care if it's a Democrat. I don't care if it's an independent. Asking the attorney general, fentanyl, drugs coming through the borders. This is not a Republican issue. This is not a Democratic issue. This is not an independent issue. It's an American issue that is taking lives of Americans every single day. How many more children, how many more people have to die from fentanyl overdose, all right, before which the attorney general does something and he, not to give those, those bullshit answers that, you know, well, you know, the FBI is monitoring this. Get the fuck out of here, right? If I would like to know exactly what Merrick Garland is doing. And I look, you know, again, this is Joe Biden's pick. And I am, at first, I was so excited to hear about Merrick Garland and Lisa Monaco at the head of the DOJ um, as our attorney general and our assistant attorney general of the United States. I could not have been happier. After two years, I am so unimpressed with the lack of expeditiousness of any of these cases going forward. And I have said this on my own show, um, you know, mea culpa. I've said it on television. Enough of this bullshit already. And I say to Joe Biden, fire Merrick Garland today, put me in as attorney general. All right. I give you my word. By Monday, there's an indictment against Biden. You know, may I've said it on television. Enough of this bullshit already. And I say to Joe Biden, fire Merrick Garland today. On television. Enough of this bullshit already. And I say to Joe Biden. Enough of this bullshit already. And I say to Joe Biden, fire Merrick Garland today. Put me in as attorney general. All right. I give you my word. By Monday, there's an indictment against there's an indictment against Mark Meadows. And don't tell me, you know, you're just indicting because you dislike them. Bullshit. Enough of this bullshit already. And I say to Joe Biden, fire Merrick Garland today. Put me in as attorney general. All right. I give you my word. By Monday, there's an indictment against.
an indictment against Mark Meadows. And don't tell me, you know, you're just indicting because you dislike them. Bullshit. There's enough documentation out there, readily available, especially after the January 6th hearing. Enough of this bullshit already. And I say to Joe Biden, fire Merrick Garland today. Put me in as attorney general. All right. I give you my word. By Monday, there's an indictment against there's an indictment against Mark Meadows. And don't tell me, you know, you're just indicting because you dislike them. Bullshit. There's enough documentation out there, readily available, especially after the January 6th hearing. Enough of this bullshit already. And I say to Joe Biden, fire Merrick Garland today. Put me in as attorney general. All right. I give you my word. By Monday, there's an indictment against there's an indictment against Mark Meadows. And don't tell me, you know, you're just indicting because you dislike them. Bullshit. There's enough documentation out there, readily available, especially after the January 6th hearing. Have you ever been a team? Enough of this bullshit already. There's an indictment against there's an indictment against Mark Meadows. And don't tell me, you know, you're just indicting because you dislike them. Bullshit. There's enough documentation out there, readily available, especially after the January 6th hearing. Well done to them. There's a million documents. Michael Cohen tells hashtag Joe Biden. Illegal activities or alleged illegal activities. I would be bringing indictments against each and every one of these motherfuckers without haste, without delay. And the fact that we allow this bullshit to keep spinning over and over and over again has me so angry. And it's why Americans are so disappointed and disgusted with our Department of Justice. Because the only thing that we're seeing out of the Department of Justice right now is the corruption that's going on, or I should say the weaponization of the Justice Department. You know, there's a guy named Murray Watts, and I ask everybody to go and check. about the DOJ and Donald Trump and Mark Meadows go after Peter Strzok and he's going to be writing a whole slew of these and this all of this information has been provided to him by insiders people who are part of the DOJ FBI etc great article it's a little lengthy but it's a great article and I recommend it's Murray Watts W A A S I strongly recommend people read this Substack article it's one of the most comprehensive articles showing exactly how Donald Trump weaponized the Department of Justice against critics. In this case, it was Peter Strzok, all right? We all know from Revenge, my title of the book, how Donald Trump weaponized the United States Department of Justice against his critics. We know exactly the game, the game plan that Donald Trump employed. And this is just another great example. So, Michael, I'm equally tired 
of waiting for justice. I, I, I wake up, I feel it, and I think that you and I should maybe even do a full episode, maybe a bonus episode, whether we end up creating a Patreon or just doing a bonus episode here where we can do a, a debate. Because I share a lot of the same feelings that you do about the Department of Justice, but I'll give you this one quick perspective, and then I want to talk quickly about fentanyl, and then I want to talk about what's going on on the House Um, in order to get the testimony of Pence, which he is going to be fighting, the Department of Justice needed to get the testimony of Mark Short. The Department of Justice needed to get the testimony of Patrick Philbin. The Department of Justice needed to do that. To do that, they had to break through the executive privilege. To do that, they had to fight this battle for many, many, many months, not because the Department of Justice wanted to take their time, but because of the motions that were being set up. You see, even my dogs even are getting dog very angry. Even, even my dog, dog is angry, angry about, the about, about the delay. But let Boy, me pass it to you, Cohen, before, and I'll, I'll go redo the analysis because someone just came in the backyard as the dogs are barking. Before doing that analysis, I want to show you, though, the Lauren Boebert video, and then we'll react to it. Let's play the Lauren Boebert video. Um, that was that was great. Um, you know, we are addressed as MAGA extremists, extreme MAGA Republicans. And I would like to make um, just a clarification point. It's ultra MAGA. That's what we prefer. Yes. And we get three pages. Calling for reports. Ah. The so-called rain in act. Here's what we should be reining in. We should be reining in the extreme mega Republican effort to cut Social Security. We should rein in the extreme MAGA Republican effort to cut Medicare. Rein in the extreme MAGA Republican effort to criminalize reproductive freedom and impose a nationwide ban. Rein in the extreme MAGA Republican effort to crash the United States economy and default on our debt for the first time in American history. We should be reining in your effort to hand over sensitive security footage from the January 6th violent insurrection to an avowed conspiracy theorist. That's what we should be reining in. And uh, yet the, the, the general lady from Colorado said, um, if I understood it correctly, that she would continue uh, with her deliberate mispronunciation of the name of our party in its adjectival form. And by the way, 
she took the opportunity to raise the whole question of MAGA, which I had not mentioned, and she said, and when you call me MAGA, don't call me MAGA, call me ultra-MAGA. So when the minority leader referred to the extreme MAGA element, which appears to be driving the train over there, he should have called it the ultra-MAGA element out of deference to the gentlelady from Colorado, and I certainly will be able to honor her wishes in the future as she chooses to be described as ultra-MAGA. And with that, I'll reserve. Not only was that clip incredible, it allowed me to filibuster while my puppies stopped barking. I want to get your opinion on that. The, the, the one point I wanted to make, though, on the issue of uh, fentanyl as well, um, is that it, there should be bipartisan efforts here. Um, and in terms of what the Department of Justice is empowered to do or not empowered to do, we need the laws to change. We need a reframing of how the war on drugs and those failed and flawed policies have been handled. But to me, example of the, the problematic nature to me is less on the Department of Justice. And it's more what we saw with Marjorie Taylor Greene and the MAGA Republicans when they used a mother whose children died as a prop to attack the Biden administration and said, the Biden administration murdered your children. And then the mother cried hysterically and she said, yes, they murdered, the Biden administration murdered my kids. And Marjorie Taylor Greene said, shame on you, Biden administration. Her children passed in 2020 when Donald Trump was in office. This is an issue that we all need to rally behind. We need to have common sense solutions and it is not a both sides issue to me because when the Democratic Party um, proposes legislation about things that you can do to try to help people with drug addiction, the ultra MAGA party then has the performative outrage that, oh, you're trying to give drug addicts more drugs and you're putting drugs on the street when there's actually ways to fix the problem. And so there is a broader strategy of how you confront things like fentanyl and other and other deadly drugs. The problem is, is that you have the performative outrage and the blame Biden machine by Marjorie Taylor Greene versus actual solutions. And that's one of the things we've been seeing repeatedly on the House floor. I won't belabor my my uh, my point about the DOJ and Pence, but the point I was making there was it took them eight months, not because they just were sitting on their hands, but because Donald Trump abuses our constitutional system, um, abuses the legal system that wealthy people can abuse already. And unfortunately, when you abuse the doctrine of executive privilege, it actually takes the grand juries don't meet every day. That's just not the way it works. And then you have to call the witnesses back. You have to file the motion. We're going to Learn go to on code to, uh, online in less Billy than a Carson. year. Discover the UNLV Software Development Bootcamp. No experience required to enroll. Some documents at So, wipes. folks, what I have for you Dead in this one grave. is frankly a little bit frustrating <laughs> because we have yet more details on how everyone in their heart, in their mind, in their soul knew that old Donnie was hiding more than he was letting on for years, and yet there were elements of law enforcement that were willing to put everything on the line to excuse Trump's criminality and to just plain believe Delay. him, even though there was clearly evidence 
in the contrary to Stalling what Donald for Trump time. had been doing, saying during and after his time in office. And this is why we've seen, just in the last couple of days, this blowback against the FBI. But we have to understand that this connects to some shocking discoveries, some shocking investigations into the gravesite, into the place where Donald Trump's ex-wife is buried. And it shows that so much more needs to be done. And what they have said they found there and elsewhere is really only the tip of the iceberg. But we start with the fact, guys, that for whatever reason, they trusted Trump, even though they had no reason to. Some FBI field agents then argued to prosecutors that they were inclined to believe Trump and his team had delivered everything the government sought to protect and said the Bureau should close down its criminal investigation, according to some people familiar with the discussions. That was in June of last year, after federal prosecutors served a subpoena. this program right now tonight at home finally after being released from prison two years ago at age 80 having served time for his deep criminal involvement with boston's whitey bulger including in a conspiracy to murder the good with the bad you 
have to learn to do that. You have to take the good with the bad with the FBI, as you do with any other law enforcement agency. Today's breakthrough reporting by the Washington Post is a story of the good and the bad. You are aware now that the Fox did case. more than simply host these guests and give them a platform, correct? Answer, I think you've shown me some material in support of that. Murdoch is admitting it here. Question, in fact, you are now aware that Fox endorsed at times the false notion of a stolen election. Answer, not Fox, no, not Fox, but maybe Lou Dobbs. Amy Maria as commentators. Question. We went through Fox host Maria Bartiroma. Yes. Answer. Yes. Come on. Question. Fox host Janine Pirro. Answer. I think so. Fox business host Lou Dobbs. Answer. Oh, a lot. Question. Fox host Sean Hannity. Answer. A bit. All were in that document, correct? Answer. Yes, they were. Question about Fox endorsing the narrative of a stolen election, correct? Answer, no. Some of our commenters were endorsing it. Question about their endorsement of a stolen election. Answer, yes, they endorsed it. You see, though, how Rupert Murdoch tries to think he's smarter than the questioner? And kudos to the lawyer asking these questions. It's a great deposition right here just continuing to ask the questions and drill down on it because here Murdoch's trying to say no it was just some of our commentators who were endorsing it question about their endorsement of stolen elections correct answer yes they endorsed it there is so many more bombshells from this filing and it's important that we go through each of them like we did with the previous Dominion filing of its summary judgment motion. And one of the most disturbing parts that we'll get to, Fox was sharing with the Trump campaign information about the ads that Biden was going to be playing on Fox before they were released publicly. Also, because of debate preparation, Fox received information when it hosted a debate about Biden that was supposed to be confidential, the same way when Biden provided or the Biden campaign provided their campaign ads that was not supposed to be shared with an adversary, with the Trump campaign. But consistently, one of the facts that come up in this deposition, and we'll see, was that Murdoch directed this information to Jared Kushner, confidential information that Fox had received about the Biden campaign. By the way, I think that is unlawful. I think that is a violation of federal elections law. It absolutely needs to be looked into. It is absolutely despicable that Fox refers to itself as a news network where it's not just an agent of the Republican Party. It is dictating what is taking place, and it is also catering to the whims of fascism and spreading disinformation. I want to go through more portions right now of the filing. Uh, Again, it's a 212-page filing. Let's just go through some of the highlights here. 
I want to give a special shout out here, though, to Matt Gertz from Very good job uh, identifying uh, a lot of the key portions. You should all follow Media Matters. They've done a really good job here. Um, so let me read for you kind of a summary, and I want to give the hat tip again uh, to Matthew Gertz, who helped really kind of compile some of the key moments here. Um, when asked why Fox continues to give a platform to Lindell, who continues to this day to spout lies about Dominion, Rupert Murdoch agreed in his deposition that, quote, it's not red or blue, it is green, referring to money. It is green, it is about getting ratings, that is why we do it. There it right is. When asked why Fox continues to give a platform to Lindell, who continues to this day to spout lies about Dominion, Murdoch agreed it's not red or blue, it's green. Lindell brought and brings Fox a lot of green. He also predictably brought the same lies about Dominion to Fox's viewers that had been peddled on Fox's alternate reality machine for months. Here, Rupert Murdoch is acknowledging in his deposition that numerous Fox hosts had, quote, endorsed at times the false notion of a stolen election. That was the portion that I've already read at the top, so you don't need to hear that again. I spoke about that a few minutes ago, but I want to remind you of that. Here's the key portion where Rupert Murdoch gave Jared Kushner, Donald Trump's son-in-law, access to Fox confidential information about Biden ads, showing Trump that information before they were public. Here's what the filing says. During Trump's campaign, Rupert provided Trump's son-in-law and senior advisor, Jared Kushner, with Fox confidential information about Biden's ads, along with debate strategy. And what you see here on the screen where it says EX600R Murdoch 210 6-9, EX603, providing Kushner a preview of Biden's ads before they were public. Do you see that right there? What that is referring to um, is Exhibit 600. Uh, that's what EX600 means. R. Murdoch, that refers to the deposition of Rupert Murdoch. And the citation to Rupert Murdoch saying this is on page 210, lines 6 through 9, and page 213, lines 17 through 20. And then EX603 is an exhibit where Murdoch is providing Kushner a preview of Biden's ads before they were public. Here's a portion of the filing where Raj Shah, who is Fox's brand protection unit head, who's a former White House aide, warns another executive that the network, quote, would get very hit hard, would get hit very hard by the right if it called the presidency for Biden on November 5th. This is what the filing says. Indeed, uh, FC had an entire brand protection unit. Fox had an entire brand protection unit led by senior vice president Raj Shah that was tasked with monitoring and mitigating criticisms of Fox. 
on November 4th, Shah told Lachlan and CLPO Vietin, that's like one of the chief legal protection officers, kind of like a general counsel, Vietin, quote, lots of conservative criticism of the AZ call. The next day, Shah emailed Vietin, the lawyer for Fox, a tweet by a New York Times reporter that claimed Fox will call the presidency for Biden if Pennsylvania tips his way tonight and warned in that if they made this call, we're going to get hit hard, very hard by the right. And again, when you see EX-606 and EX-612, those are exhibits, 606, 612. These are emails for from Shah to uh, Suzanne Scott, um, Lachlan, and Vietin discussing uh, backlash. When you shop Wayfair's spring savings, you get deals so many. Will be saying, am I a big deal? Because it's a big deal when you get... Here's another portion of the filing, which talks about, um, first, Fox was trying to clamp down on election denials until they realized it was bad for business. So early on, you'll see emails like November 6th, Rupert emailing Suzanne Scott, the CEO of Fox. That email, which also included Rupert's, quote, very hard to credibly cry foul everywhere statement. That's one of the things that Rupert Murdoch said. Like, this makes no sense, these conspiracies that Trump is stating, because, quote, it's very hard to credibly cry foul everywhere. So in this email from Rupert to Scott, the CEO of Fox, they discussed what Fox hosts should say about the false narrative that Trump had won. Quote, everything seems to be moving to Biden, and if Trump becomes a sore loser, we should watch Sean Hannity especially, and others don't sound the same. Not there yet, but a danger. Scott, the CEO of Fox, responded, agree on all. Scott then forwarded that email to Mead Cooper. Cooper agreed that Scott forwarded Rupert's instruction because as the executive in charge of primetime programming and Sean Hannity's show, Scott wants to make sure that you see this email. Cooper understood the import of Rupert Murdoch's words, quote, I would interpret that to mean that if former President Trump clearly lost and isn't accepting the results of the election, that we should make sure that Sean Hannity does not go down the same path. That was their view at first. Here's a portion that is redacted from the filing, um, but you have Rupert lamenting to Lachlan that they wish that Fox would have been the second to call it for Biden, not the first. Rupert Murdoch lamented to his son Lachlan immediately after, quote, we should and could have gone first, but at least being second saves us a Trump explosion. Lachlan responded, quote, I think good to be careful, especially as we are still somewhat exposed on Arizona. This is them calling Arizona first, and now they're saying, we don't want to be the first to call it for Biden, even when we have that knowledge. Let's just go second or third. Here we have a uh, another another portion here. Um, soon after Rupert's email, Scott, the CEO, had a long talk with both Rupert and Lachlan. They discussed mounting viewer backlash to Fox, how to win back viewers, 
including by not booking Democratic guests, and quote, the direction that Fox should take. Rupert conceded that in the con- that in that conversation, they also spoke about the future of Fox going forward. Rupert confirmed they discussed how Fox should react to the fact that Trump was not conceding, and Rupert confirmed that the decision was to allow, quote, these wild claims on air, although he phrased it as his lawyers now do, that it was only a matter of reporting the news. Question, and you were aware that Fox News was having these people appear on the television under Fox's banner to spread these charges? Answer, we report the news, and we have dozens of people a day on the channels that are talking about the news. And this was big news. The President of the United States was making wild claims, but that is news. So that's one of the directions that obviously Murdoch is being coached to go, and that's their argument, which is internally inconsistent with their ultimate uh, views and what they were saying contemporaneously. One of the interesting things, and we've seen Donald Trump attacking Paul Ryan, the former Republican Speaker of the House who now sits on Fox's board. Um, Paul Ryan was someone who, to his credit, consistently was emailing Rupert and Lachlan and other top execs at Fox saying that, quote, Fox News should not be spreading conspiracy theories. This is what the filing says. He confirmed that the, quote, inflection point was not just one day, quote, it was the whole time in the post-election November-December time frame. Paul Ryan knew that these, quote, conspiracy theories were baseless and that, quote, Fox, quote, should labor to dispel conspiracy theories if and when they pop up. Ryan also understood that when events occur, Fox, quote, can clearly amplify that news being made by covering it. Ryan believed, quote, there ought to be a listing of all the allegations and then all of the evidence or the validation or invalidation of those election fraud allegations just for viewers' sake and suggested as much to Fox's senior management. Ryan told Rupert Murdoch and Lachlan Murdoch, quote, that Fox News should not be spreading conspiracy theories. And again, when you see uh, on the screen where it says 317, 11 to 25, see also id 342, 19 through 343, 19. Again, those are the portions of the deposition transcript where Paul Ryan is saying this. Everything I'm saying now, everything that's in this motion is essentially direct quotes from deposition transcripts of the individuals that we are uh, talking about. Here we now see that um, Fox executives um, were focused on the uh, brand management team at Fox's polling and what they were doing, um, which showed, quote, positive impressions of Fox among our viewers drop precipitously after Election Day to the lowest levels we've ever seen. So we're seeing now through the filing, which is going through the dates, the shift, of course, that Fox is taking, which is after it called Arizona, it gets the backlash, and then it makes the decision, we need to put out election disinformation to get back our viewers. So Shah, remember Shah is responsible for the brand management of Fox. Shah's November 13 brand protection unit roundup to Lachlan, Din, and Scott, Din's the head of uh, 
Legal. Scott's the CEO. Lachlan, uh, who's Rupert's son, continued to show, quote, strong conservative and viewer backlash to Fox that we are working to track and mitigate, noting that, quote, both Donald Trump and Newsmax have taken active roles in promoting attacks on Fox News and that positive impressions of Fox News among our viewers dropped precipitously after Election Day to the lowest levels we've ever seen. A few days later, Shah sent an update to Lachlan and Din, providing polling data and social media analytics and warning, quote, we are now underwater with our viewers in three-day tracking and continue to show decline in one- to two-week averages. Lachlan testified that he paid, quote, close attention to Shah's brand protection reports. Indeed, Lachlan testified that the drop in Fox's ratings would, quote, keep me awake at night. And naturally so, as Fox board member Ryan, Paul Ryan, remember former Speaker of the House Republican, testified, if ratings go down, revenue goes down. There is a direct correlation. Here we see Lachlan Murdoch to Suzanne Scott, the CEO of Fox, on Fox's coverage of a November 14th pro-Trump rally. Quote, so far, some of these side comments are slightly anti, and they shouldn't be. The narrative should be, this is a huge celebration for the president. Page 25 of the filing. Meanwhile, Lachlan continued to advise on how Fox should cover the news related to the 2020 presidential election. For instance, he told Scott on November 14th during Fox's coverage of a rally in support of Donald Trump that, quote, News guys have to be careful how they cover this rally. So far, some of the side comments are slightly anti, and they shouldn't be. The narrative should be this is a huge celebration of the president. Scott, the CEO of Fox, responded, yes, thanks. And when Lachlan then criticized Leland Vitter's coverage as smug. So Leland Vitter is one of these side comments, people who were kind of trying to report accurately what was taking place. And Lachlan basically, that's smug, get her off the air. Um, and here we see that here, which is this Fox News side person, Leland Vittert, who was basically getting retaliated against by Fox executives because Leland was not pro-Trump enough. So uh, Suzanne Scott, the CEO of Fox, said, um, yes, thanks. And when Lachlan then criticized Leland Vitter's coverage as, quote, smug and obnoxious, Scott said she was, quote, calling now to direct Vitter's producer to fix the issue. And indeed she did. Executive David Clark reported, quote, also got called by Jay, who heard from SS that Leland was being smug and condescending. SS is Susan Scott, the CEO. I texted him and told him to cut it out. Um, and DCEP spoke to him. Lachlan even gave his input on the Chiron that appeared at the bottom of the broadcast, telling Scott that, quote, the ticker at the bottom of the screen is all long, way too wordy and long, and anti-Trump whenever possible. So they're trying to make sure they change the coverage to be more pro-Trump and to celebrate Donald Trump here. Here is a portion of Rupert Murdoch's deposition. Question uh, from the deposition. Rupert Murdoch confirmed that he could have told Suzanne Scott, quote, stop hosting Sidney Powell. He said the same of Rudy Giuliani. Question. And you could have said to Suzanne Scott, or to the host, stop putting Rudy Giuliani on the air. And Rupert Murdoch said, I could have, but I 
didn't. On January 5th, 2021, in the filing, we see how uh, here we have a statement, a, a joint statement that's being uh, considered um, with Rupert Murdoch being involved with Hannity and Carlson and Ingraham to try to basically come out and just say, look, Biden won and let's try to stop this election being stolen myth. But of course, that never happened because it would have been harmful to their ratings. Here's what the motion says. Rupert understood that Fox could do something about the false claims. Indeed, he believed Fox was uniquely positioned to state the message that the election was not stolen. On January 5th, Rupert and Suzanne Scott discussed whether Hannity, Carson, and Ingraham should say some version of the election is over and Joe Biden won. He hoped those words would, quote, would go a long way to stop the Trump myth that the election was stolen. Scott told Rupert that, quote, privately they are all there, but we need to be careful about using the shows and pissing off viewers so nobody made a statement. The next day was January 6th. One of the most powerful portions right here from the motion where they said Scott, the CEO of Fox, told Rupert Murdoch that, quote, privately they are all there. Meaning that Hannity, Ingraham, Tucker Carlson, and all of its other hosts privately understand that the election was not stolen. But, quote, you need to be careful about using the shows and pissing off viewers. So nobody made a statement. The next day was the January 6th insurrection. After January 6th, Rupert Murdoch was telling people that Fox would be pivoting away from Donald Trump. And do you think Fox actually pivoted away from Donald Trump? No, they absolutely didn't. On January 11th, 2021, a Fox board member and Diaz told Rupert of Lachlan that, quote, considering how important Fox News has been as a megaphone for Donald Trump, directly or indirectly, I believe the time has come for Fox News or for you, Lachlan, to take a stance. It is an existential moment for the nation and for Fox News as a brand. Lachlan emailed Rupert to discuss, and Rupert responded, quote, just tell her we have been talking internally and intensely along these lines, and Fox News, which called the election correctly, is pivoting as fast as possible. We have to lead our viewers, which is not as easy as it might seem. Here's a January 12th email where Rupert Murdoch tells Paul Ryan that the insurrection was a wake-up call for Hannity, who has been privately disgusted by Trump for weeks, but was too scared to lose viewers. Here's the filing. On January 12th, Ryan discussed with Rupert and Lachlan an article called The Alternate Reality Machine about how the right-wing media ecosystem created an alternative reality for those who had come to rely on its outlets for news and were the, quote, enablers of January 6th. Ryan believed that, quote, some high percentage of Americans thought the election was stolen, quote, because they got a diet of information telling them the election was stolen from what they believe were credible sources. Rupert responded to Ryan's email, thanks, Paul wake-up call for Sean Hannity, who has been privately disgusted by Trump for weeks, but was too scared to lose viewers. I want you to just think about how powerful that is. This is a message from Rupert Murdoch to Paul Ryan, 
former Speaker of the House and a board member at Fox. Rupert responded to Ryan that this was a wake-up call for Hannity, who privately is disgusted by Trump, but he's too scared to lose viewers. Think about that. Think about how disgusting that is. Rupert also testified with respect to the lies around the 2020 election, quote, that I would have liked us to be stronger in denouncing it in hindsight. Really? Really? You promoted it. This is what it says. Rupert testified with respect to the lies around the 2020 presidential election that, quote, I would have liked us to be stronger in denouncing it in hindsight. He admitted it was, quote, wrong for Tucker to host Mike Lindell to repeat those allegations against Dominion on January 26, 2021, if Carlson did not contest Lindell's claims on air. He admitted, and Fox hosts have confirmed, he could have put a stop to Fox broadcasts featuring Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, Mike Lindell, and their lies about Dominion. But he, along with others in the chain, the chain of command at Fox, allowed Fox to continue spreading the lies while they knew the entire time that the charges were false. They continued to promote it knowing it was false and Rupert had the ability to stop it um, and didn't at all. Here is further from uh, the, the filing. So what changed between November 7th and November 12th? Fox entered the fray. Specifically on November 8th, Maria Bartiroma brought Sidney Powell onto her show to air the false claim that Dominion machines, quote, used an algorithm to calculate the votes that they would need to flip. The Fox platform gave Powell the stamp of credibility and reach needed to spread the lies about Dominion. And while Trump was widely known to be a voracious consumer of Fox, Bartiroma did not leave anything to chance. Now, the reason you still see some redactions here is because the court did not allow those portions to be unsealed yet. Likely at trial, we'll get to see those portions of it. Um, now, from uh, further from the motion, and in criticizing Dominion for supposedly failing to engage with Fox, Fox entirely ignores that Dominion repeatedly tried to have its representative, Michael Steele, appear on Fox's programs in December 2020, specifically reaching out to producers for Dobbs, Bartiromo, and Piro. And Fox did not accept the offers. The idea that Dominion chose to litigate over trying to engage with Fox is wholly unsupported by the record. More from the filing. This is Viet Din, again, the chief legal and policy officer at Fox, um, who confirmed that responsibility for publication extends up and down the chain of command, and those with the power to exercise with control had an obligation to prevent guests from telling lies, which they did not do. So Viet Din confirmed the responsibility for publication extends up and down the chain of command, and those with the power to exercise control and had an obligation to prevent guests from telling lies. So this is a slam dunk. Here you got the chief legal officer essentially confirming Dominion's entire legal theory right here that this was the responsibility of Fox. And here I give Vietin credit for telling the truth. I don't give him credit for what happened at the time uh, because he obviously couldn't prevail on the organization. 
to do the right thing, and they spread incredible amounts of disinformation. But this is truthful. Question. Any of the people in that chain of command who had the power to exercise control over Lou Dobbs show knew what Sidney Powell was alleging was false. Didn't they have an obligation to prevent her from coming on the show to tell those lies? Answer, yes. But when the executives at question, but when the executives at Fox know that the host of shows are broadcasting allegations that that executives know or believe to be false in that situation, the executives have an obligation to act, right? Answer. If they are within the chain of command and if they and if they come to that knowledge, yes. Question. And by act, that means to put a stop to it, right, Vietin? Question. They have an obligation under those circumstances, the executives do in the chain of command, to put a stop to those broadcasts, right, sir? Answer, yes, to prevent and correct known falsehoods. Again, he's testifying truthfully here. And Viet Din, the reason that he's also testifying truthfully is he's made arguments before uh, in court cases and in defense of clients to this effect. So Viet Din realizes, and it's, I think, a smart plan in terms of being a witness, look, I'm not going to sacrifice my own personal credibility here because they're just going to pull out a deposition in the deposition, some other transcript where I've argued that. I mean, these propositions that Vietin is being asked from a legal basis are not controversial propositions. They sound like bombshells that actually someone's answering the question truthfully. But if Vietin wants to continue to be a chief legal officer and policy, he has to answer those questions that way. That's why those questions by the lawyers were so brilliantly uh, framed here. Here is another portion of this, which talks about how 19 of the 20 accused statements occurred after multiple government agencies had debunked the charges. Um, and 18 of the 20 accused statements occurred after Fox's research department called the brain room had fact-checked the allegation and debunked the charges so fox had a brain room they called it the brain room which they dismantled which they said these allegations of voter fraud are just completely false yet fox chose to push aside the brain room for you know sydney powell for the conspiracy theorists um here is a, another portion where we see rupert murdoch um, again, like his influence on Fox. Um, and here we see, let me just read it for you. He goes, he further agreed, Rupert Murdoch, he would routinely suggest stories to Suzanne Scott, CEO, about what Fox News or Fox Business should cover, and also in some instances suggested what guests should appear. For instance, on October 14, 2020, Rupert suggested to Scott that Victor Davis Hansen would be worth putting on air, and two days later, Hansen appeared on Fox News. When Trump presented a new tax bill, Rupert told the CEO of Fox Scott, quote, we must tell our viewers again and again what they will get. And when Shepard Smith attacked the Trump administration lies on air, Rupert Murdoch emailed the CEO of Fox, Suzanne Scott and Jay Wallace, calling it, quote, over the top and telling them need to chat with him. And this is an email from Rupert Murdoch to Suzanne Scott. Um, here we have... Um, Rupert Murdoch suggesting uh, that Fox VP Bill Salmon's firing after Arizona's call. 
Um, remember, they fired the data researcher who ran their election center, who predicted the results right. And this is one of the things that they said. Um, and Rupert and Lockwin likewise decided to extend Scott's contract in the midst of Fox's election coverage. Conversely, Salmon presided over the deeply unpopular Arizona call. Thus, despite the call's accuracy, Rupert suggested, quote, maybe best to let Bill go right away, which would be a big message with the Trump people. Discover the Ozempic Zone. What happens when you deeply Trump ass? Join those already so, taking Ozempic. You get the uh, get rid of the person who accurately predicted Arizona. Um, yeah. Another one between Rupert Murdoch and Suzanne Scott. Let me read it for you. Rupert had a conversation with Suzanne Scott about the importance of giving exposure to Republicans in close Senate races. When Lindsey Graham was running for the Senate in October 2020, Rupert wrote to Scott, quote, you probably know about the Lou Dobbs outburst against Lindsey Graham. Could Sean Hannity say something supportive, meaning of Lindsey Graham? We cannot lose the Senate, if at all possible. Scott followed up to confirm that she indeed addressed the Dobbs outburst as Rupert Murdoch requested. So again, you see Rupert Murdoch directly here intervening and saying, get Lindsey Graham on. We can't lose the Senate because they're using the term we. We is, by the way, Laura Ingram used the term we the other night when she was speaking to Matt Gates, and she was like, we don't like this messaging here when Marjorie Taylor Greene's talking about a national divorce. That's going to hurt us because they're not a news network at all. Here is uh, again showing Rupert Murdoch getting involved in elections, particularly the primary. This is from the filing, page 148. Rupert understands the influence Fox has. He told Scott and Wallace when Donald Trump appealed for help defeating Don Blankenship in the West Virginia Senate race, quote, anything during the day helpful, but Sean and Laura dumping on him, dumping on him hard might save the day. Again, this was a Republican primary and Rupert Murdoch's basically saying, here, go after this person, go after this person, all basically to aid uh, Donald Trump. Here's from the filing again. When New York Post editor Cole Allen told Rupert that Biden's only hope for election was, quote, to stay in his basement and not face serious questions, Rupert responded, just made sure Fox banging on about these issues. If the audience talks, the theme will spread. Rupert explained at his deposition that to make sure Fox was, quote, banging about the issues, he, quote, must have been talking to Miss Scott. In other words, the chain of command here is Rupert Murdoch telling the CEO of Fox, Suzanne Scott, here is what you need to do. Spread the message that Biden is hiding in his basement. And that was the narrative that they pushed over and over again. And then this is from uh, Lachlan's deposition. Lachlan regularly communicated with Suzanne Scott, including on Fox programming. Such conversations would have included both Lachlan's high-level thoughts and specifics about content or guests that should not be featured on Fox Network. And at his deposition, Lachlan could not recall a single instance when Fox News did not follow one of his 
suggestions right there. You know, and then there is this moment as well. Um, it's the last moment I want to leave you with on this video um, that to me highlights something that I just think, again, is so despicable. Here we see Rupert Murdoch and Fox colluding with Jared Kushner and the Trump campaign providing Kushner with access to Fox confidential information about Biden's ads, along with debate strategy, end quote, and gave Kushner a preview of Biden's ads before they were public. During Trump's campaign, Rupert provided Trump's son-in-law and senior advisor Jared Kushner with Fox confidential information about Biden's ads, along with debate strategy. This is directly from Rupert Murdoch's deposition at page 210, pages lines 6 through 9, and page 213, lines 17 through 20. Again, providing Kushner a preview of Biden's ads before they were public. I know I'm repeating that one, but it just bears repeating how important and I think significant and frankly unlawful that is. So I just want to leave you with the facts here. Because that's what we do here at the Midas Touch Network. We just provide you with the facts. That comes directly from the filing. And there is no place for that here in the United States of America. It is beyond disturbing to have a propaganda network engage in this conduct. And look, we know what they're doing. It's not a shock that Fox is a propaganda network. But to actually see these messages, it's why I wanted to read each and every one of the messages for you so that you can actually see it with your own eyes, that you can share this video with anybody that you know and say, this is just what's going on. Here's the facts. Here's the facts. And they can do with the facts what they want, but here are the facts right here. The first part of accountability is sunshine, is showing the facts. And I know this was fairly long, this video, but I think it was important that we covered everything here. That's what we do here at the Midas Touch Network. I'm Ben Micellis. Make sure you hit the subscribe uh, button now. We're on our way to uh, 1 million subscribers. We're marching to 1 million subscribers in March. We just passed 900,000 subscribers. Congratulations. In addition, check us out on our podcast. Wherever you get podcasts, search for the Midas Touch podcast. And make sure you subscribe on your Congratulations. audio platform of preference. proud to be a uh... it's magic Okay, so I wrote, congratulations on the 900K. I'm heading for 70K myself on my podcast, covering your podcast, LOL. 
So proud to be a Patreon producer for ya. Keep up the great work. Also, check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Midas Touch. We have Got the Midas Touch. Everything you touch, touch, go. Awesome. Big Lies Exposed. Tony Michaels Podcast. Here it comes. Oh yeah, oh yeah, here come Tony Michael Podcast. Oh yeah, here come Tony Michael. Podcast. Sing it, Birdie. Oh, yeah. Here it comes. Turn him back Let's talk about our podcast. Let's do it in a way that makes the snowflakes' heads explode. explode. Let me be clear before this podcast begins. We are we loud, are loud, proud, 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 and, and do, do not give, give a fuck. fuck. This is the Tony Michaels podcast, real and raw political and social commentary the freedom to oppress the rights of other people is not liberty you shit eating moron ah the smell of freedom of speech this is the tony michaels podcast this is my little rock and roll bird yeah you're my little rock and roll bird we know that fox news is about to fucking lie it feels like this is news. Neither is Fox News. They're not news either. Oh, fuck. So apparently Rupert Murdoch was coordinating with Jared Kushner, and he didn't believe a goddamn thing Trump was saying. Which, who believes anything that fucking fat slop says? Is there a person out there that actually believes his nonsense and his bullshit? I mean, there might be a few. In, in, in all actuality, Rupert Murdoch is one of the richest motherfuckers in the world. Even with this Dominion lawsuit, because they're likely to uh, win here, and it's probably going to be settled out of court. I'm surprised Rupert Murdoch has taken it to this extent, though, uh, inside of Discovery. It, they, they're always, they're always, it, listen, if they're accusing, if they're accusing the left, the leftist, lunatic, Marxist, woke crowd of doing something, they're doing that exact thing. It's always projection. Oh, Joe Biden and the Democrats are coordinating with the media to, to, to steal elections and then lie about it. Get the fuck out of here with this bullshit. No one on the liberal left 
fucking likes the mainstream media because they're not liberal. They're not. I, I'm, I'm liberal media. I'm liberal independent media. That is what I am, you fucking shit-eating morons. Come after me, motherfuckers. <laughs> Come after me. They're MSNBC, CNN, the New York Times, the New York Post, all that, all that shit, that is not liberal media. Those are journalists. I'm media. I get to say whatever the fuck I want, whenever the fuck I want, <laughs> how I want. That's right, and I will do it too. Go for and it, I'll Tony. Do it with a liberal Daddy love it. That's who I am, and that's what I want. I so love your liberal bias, <laughs> Tony. It's off, Lou. Okay, so I wrote, I love your liberal bias, Tony. You are right. The lamestream media is not liberal media. They are all right-wing in this country because they are, are controlled by only four corporations. Please support a call for the Justice Department to break up the corporate media monopoly in this country. That's exactly what this show is designed to do. But I don't carry water for the Biden administration. I've never been invited to the White House. Have you? I haven't. And if I was, if I was, can you imagine? <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not saying they know who I am, but I'm saying they, they probably know that there's a clown out there saying crazy shit. <clears throat> But if I was invited, can you imagine <laughs> what a mistake that would be to invite me to the White House? Oh, my God, that would be a horrible mistake on their part. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go. If I was and I would tell you, I promise, if they invite me, I will turn them down. I promise. I will turn Boy. them down, and I will tell you. I'll show you on social media. There's no way, no way, hell, shape, and form is my ass supposed to be at the White House. No matter the administration. No matter the fucking president. I'm, I'm supposed to hold these motherfuckers accountable. And frankly, it's very easy to hold the Biden administration accountable. They're doing exactly what they should be doing, which is governing. I don't know, we're going to watch a, a 
a clip of Pete Buttigieg doing exactly what the American people want in Kansas. That's right. They're accusing Joe Biden of not wanting to go to Ohio because it's a red state. You are a bunch of dumb motherfuckers. Have you even have you even glanced at the infrastructure bill? Have you fucking glanced at it to see what fucking states that it benefits the most? How in how in the fuck are we supposed to have a national divorce when red states take way more fucking tax dollars than they'll ever fucking pay? And that's fine by me. That should be fine by every American. But we have to have the messaging and the narrative behind it so these fucking deluded little country folks. I'm not knocking on them that they're country folk. Rural people are good people. They really are. They're just not attached to reality in this timeline. They're just not. I'm going to show you another example. Donald Trump, Donald Trump shit on farmers yesterday. Totally shit on farmers. Basically told them if he becomes president, they will not be able to trade with fucking China. Do you have any idea? Do you have any idea the percentage of our of our farm goods that are traded to China? Do you remember what happened? Donald Trump killed farmers' trade with China. He had to give them the biggest socialist payment we have ever given any group of people in this country up to that point in history. That's what this show is about. The show is about plucking heads out of asses. He started That's a trade war with China. To get people to understand that you're being lied to. It's going to take a long time, though. Like, you can't expect these shit eaters. And there's a lot of them that come here. You, you, you see the trolls every fucking day. The Trump sense, the Elon sense. Prices went up. You see them here every fucking day. Ptolemy is right about the farmers. And I welcome them. Prices went we have, we have up to get drastically. To to this stuff. It's a disaster for farmers. Their best interest is liberal democracy. Not autocracy. Or authoritarianism. They will be crushed by it. These weak, feeble, simple-minded people who only want a, 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 a narrative that fits their bias will be crushed by authoritarianism. Absolutely crushed by it. They won't have the strength that it takes to defeat it when it comes after them. They just won't. They don't have the fortitude to understand that they're voting for their factories to leave their towns when they vote Republican. They don't understand that their rights are at risk, that they sow their freedom, that they care about so much is at risk because they're voting Republican. Their towns are being filled with toxic sludge because they vote for Republican. It's going to take a long time to reach them. It really is. Oh, my God. It's going to be a long, hard battle. But but the, the, the elitist liberals on the left are not going to attract these people. They're not. 
with your fucking data and your fucking polls and your and your stupid fucking arguments that take six hours to explain one point. It's not hard for people to understand that they don't want to go broke because of a medical bill. It's not hard to understand that parents want their kids to start early so they don't have to pay for as much daycare. It's not hard to understand that people want higher education without the huge fucking cost that puts them out of the realm of succeeding in this country. People want manufacturing back here. People want a decent fucking wage and the security of a job. It's not complicated. You don't have to fucking tell them facts and data and polls and blah, but blah, but fucking blah to get that point across. And that's why I do this show every single day. In the format that I do it in, everyone loves the format. I don't know if you guys know this, but we have, um, we're having about, in the last month, we've had about the same amount of people viewing the show. So we haven't grown the audience, which seems like a disappointment. You know, I'm, I'm being transparent with you. We get thousands of people that watch this show every day across platforms, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitch. And we're growing the audience very gradually. And over the last month, it's, it's, it's been level. But you know one thing that's, that's changed drastically that I noticed yesterday when I looked at the numbers? You guys are watching this entire fucking show. The whole thing. Front to back. From the time that the stupid elevator music goes on until the head ass is speaking on the phone. You guys are, our view time is up. Big time. Huge. Thousands of hours every single sure. month in the last month. That means what I'm doing is working. And that's the key to this whole democracy thing. And it's the key to battle Fox News and... By sharing this podcast on your social media feeds. Exclamation. They're nonsense. They're fucking lies and they're mind fucking of their fucking viewers. That's how we undo it. You share the show. I'm telling you, I know I seem like I'm patting myself on the back and I'm, I'm using crazy fucking talk that I might be the Antifa Rush Limbaugh the left. But let me tell you something. It fucking worked. Rush Limbaugh worked. It worked in their favor. We can make it work in ours. I'm telling you, and I'm being transparent about it. They're not gonna they're they're not gonna tell their viewers what they're doing. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'll be transparent about it. I don't give a fuck. It's exactly what I'm doing. Hundred percent. I am here to talk every day. 
to get people, to slap people in the face, and again, I like the phrase, to pluck their heads out of their ass. And understand that they are being lied to. Liberalism is not weak. It is strength, Fox News. Wokeism isn't what you think it is. You nincompoop Nazis. I know you're using code words when you say woke Ron DeSantos, who is not getting in the race. I'm going to show you a fucking clip from Fox News. Of, 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 of. proof of what I'm saying is true. You're not, you're not going to get around this. Donald Trump is going to be their nominee. Whether Fox News wants it or not, whether Republican Party of Paul Ryan wants it or not, they know that motherfucker's going to be their nominee. They know it. They know it. I know it. Getting used to it. It's time to start the fight. Stop trying to fucking... Oh, well, no, I mean, Joe Biden, he's old. Well, what about, what about Ron DeSantis? He's not gonna, he, even if he earns the race, he will get crushed. He's too much I'm of a pussy. You, you gotta flush him off. You come here every day and you listen to me two hours a day. Five days a fucking week. Some of you are members on Patreon and listen to me on Sundays. Thank you, by the way. To all the Patreon members out there. I'm the fuck'em fam on Patreon. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's growing over there rapidly. We're at like 122 this morning. It's fucking red. I got to 100 fast. It was quick, fast, and in a hurry. And my next goal is 150. So if you're out there and you're listening and you want you want more of this rant on the weekends and you want early access to social media, uh, we're going to do a, a Patreon party here soon. If you want access to that stuff, just go check out the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Michaels. Or go to thetonymichaels.com. You can click the I'm gonna join. link there. Become a member. Or just check it out. Just see what's... Uh, what's Anywho, anywho, back to back to fake news. Rupert Murdoch. So it was them that was colluding with the administration, with the government. Of course, we knew Fox News was state news, and, and we know now that the reason why they were pushing the big big lies because of um, the read. The rating. Because they, uh, they the knew they knew these chuckleheads were going to believe this nonsense. Their viewers, their viewers. They, Fox News knows their viewers are really ignorant. <laughs> they know it. They're very hyper aware that, that their fucking viewers don't know shit about shit. Hyper aware about it. And they understood that their fucking viewership was going to buy the big line hook, line sinker. And if they didn't grab their audience with that piece of bait, of the big lie that OAN and Newsmax was going to gobble up that fucking viewership. They understood that. Rupert Murdoch doesn't have all the money in the world because he doesn't understand media. <laughs> Unfortunately, Rupert Murdoch understands media really well. The same way, exactly the same way that Rush Limbaugh understood how to talk really well. And how to communicate really fucking well. Unfortunately, these wild pieces of shit have these talents. And they're using them not for good. Not for legacy, but for their own fucking greed. And their own fucking fascism. 
What's happening? You, you just look at one clip of Tucker Carlson, and you can pull any clip at random, and you know what's going on there. They know their fucking audience is ignorant. They know it. So they feed them ignorant porridge. It's what they do. I mean, Jesus Christ, yesterday, yesterday, the Department of Energy comes out and is like, you know what? It is a very low possibility, very low possibility that the virus was released from the Wuhan, Wuhan lab. lab. You are aware now that the Dominion case more than simply host these guests and give them a platform, correct? Answer. I think you've shown me some material in support of that. Murdoch is admitting it. Question. In fact, you are now aware that Fox endorsed at times the false notion of a stolen election. Answer. Not Fox. No, not Fox, but maybe Lou Dobbs, maybe Maria as commentators. Question. We went through Fox host Maria Bartiroma. Yes. Answer. Yes. Come on. Question. Fox host Janine Pirro. Answer. I think so. Fox business host Lou Dobbs. Answer. Oh, a lot. Question. Fox host Sean Hannity. Answer. A bit. All were in that document, correct? Answer. Yes, they were. Question. About Fox endorsing the narrative of a stolen election, correct? Answer. No. Some of our commenters were endorsing it. Question about their endorsement of a stolen election. Answer, yes, they endorsed it. Do you see, though, how Rupert Murdoch tries to think he's smarter than the questioner? And kudos to the lawyer asking these questions. It's a great deposition right here. Just continuing to ask the questions and drill down on it. Because here, Murdoch's trying to say, no, it was just some of our commentators who were endorsing it. Question about their endorsement of stolen elections, correct? Answer, yes, they endorsed it. There is so many more bombshells from this filing, and it's important that we go through each of them like we did with the previous Dominion filing of its summary judgment motion. And one of the most disturbing parts that we'll get to, Fox was sharing with the Trump campaign information about the ads that Biden was going to be playing on Fox before they were released publicly. Also, because of debate preparation, Fox received information when it hosted a debate about Biden that was supposed to be confidential. The same way when Biden provided, or the Biden campaign provided their campaign ads, that was not supposed to be shared with an adversary, with the Trump campaign. But consistently, one of the facts that come up in this deposition, and we'll see, was that Murdoch directly was giving this information to Jared Kushner, confidential information that Fox had received about the Biden campaign. By the way, I think that is unlawful. I think that is a violation of federal elections law that absolutely needs to be looked into. It is absolutely despicable. Fox refers to itself as a news network where it's not just an agent 
of the Republican Party. It is dictating what is taking place, and it is also catering to the whims of fascism and spreading disinformation. I want to go through more portions right now of the it's a 212-page filing. Let's just go through some of the highlights here. And I want to give a special shout-out here, though, to Madeline Gertz from the Matters. They've been doing a very good job uh, identifying uh, a lot of the key portions. You should all follow Media Matters. If you have They've done a really good job here. Um, so let me read for you kind of a summary, and I want to give the hat tip again really to, you, uh, to Matthew Gertz, who helped really kind of compile some of the key moments here. Um, when asked why Fox continues to give a platform to Lindell, who continues to this day to spout lies about Dominion, Rupert Murdoch agreed in his deposition that, quote, it's not red or blue, it is green, referring to money. It is green, it is about getting ratings, that is why we do it. Eric Wright is. When asked why Fox continues to give a platform to Lindell, who continues to this day to spout lies about Dominion, Murdoch agreed it's not red or blue, it's green. Lindell brought and brings Fox a lot of green. He also predictably brought the same lies about Dominion to Fox's viewers that had been peddled on Fox's alternate reality machine for months. Here, Rupert Murdoch is acknowledging in his deposition that numerous Fox hosts had, quote, endorsed at times the false notion of a stolen election. That was the portion that I've already read at the top, so you don't need to hear that again. I spoke about that a few minutes ago, but I want to remind you about that. Here's the key portion where Rupert Murdoch gave Jared Kushner Donald Trump's son-in-law, access to Fox confidential information about Biden ads, showing Trump that information before they were public. Here's what the filing says. During Trump's campaign, Rupert provided Trump's son-in-law and senior advisor, Jared Kushner, with Fox confidential information about Biden's ads, along with debate strategy. What you see here on the screen where it says EX600R Murdoch 210 6-9, 213-17-20, 603 providing Kushner a preview of Biden's ads before they were public. Do you see that right there? What that is referring to um, is Exhibit 600. Uh, that's what EX600 means. R Murdoch, that refers to the deposition of Rupert Murdoch, and the citation to Rupert Murdoch saying this is on page 210, lines 6 through 9, and page 213, lines 17 through 20, and then EX603 is an exhibit where Murdoch is providing Kushner a preview of Biden's ads before they were public. Here's a portion of the filing where Raj Shah, who is Fox's brand protection unit head, who is a former White House aide, warns another executive that the network, quote, would get very hit hard 
would get hit very hard by the right if it called the presidency for Biden on November 5th. This is what the filing says. Indeed, uh, FC had an entire brand protection unit. Fox had an entire brand protection unit led by senior vice president Raj Shah that was tasked with monitoring and mitigating criticisms of Fox. On November 4th, Shah told Lachlan and CLPO Vietin, that's like one of the chief legal protection officers, kind of like a general counsel, Vietin, quote, lots of conservative criticism of the AZ call. The next day, Shah emailed Vietin, the lawyer for Fox, a tweet by a New York Times reporter that claimed Fox will call the presidency for Biden if Pennsylvania tips his way tonight and warned him that if they made this call, we're going to get hit hard, very hard, by the right. And again, when you see EX-606 and EX-612, those are exhibits, 606, 612. These are emails for from Shah to Suzanne Scott, um, Lachlan and Vietin discussing uh, backlash. When you shop Wayfair's spring savings, you get deals so big, we'll be saying, Am I a big deal? Because it's a big deal when you get. Um, here's another portion of the filing which talks about um, first. Fox was trying to clamp down on election denialism until they realized it was bad for business. So early on, you'll see emails like November 6th, Rupert emailing Suzanne Scott, the CEO of Fox. That email, which also included Rupert's, quote, very hard to credibly cry foul everywhere statement. That's one of the things that Rupert Murdoch said. Like, this makes no sense, these conspiracies that Trump is stating, because, quote, it's very hard to credibly cry foul everywhere. So in this email from Rupert to Scott, the CEO of Fox, they discussed what Fox hosts should say about the false narrative that Trump had won. Quote, everything seems to be moving to Biden. And if Trump becomes a sore loser, we should watch Sean Hannity, especially, and others don't sound the same. Not there yet, but a danger. Scott, the CEO of Fox, responded, agree on all. Scott then forwarded that email to Mead Cooper. Cooper agreed that Scott forwarded Rupert's instruction because as the executive in charge of primetime programming and Sean Hannity's show, Scott wants to make sure that you see this email. Cooper understood the import of Rupert Murdoch's words, quote, I would interpret that to mean that if former President Trump clearly lost and isn't accepting the results of the election, that we should make sure that Sean Hannity does not go down the same path. That was their view at first. Here's a portion that is redacted from the filing, um, but you have Rupert lamenting to Lachlan that they wish that Fox would have been the second to call it for Biden, not the first. Rupert Murdoch lamented to his son Lachlan immediately after, quote, we should and could have gone first, but at least being second saves us a Trump explosion. Lachlan responded, quote, I think good to be careful, especially as we are still somewhat exposed on Arizona. This is them calling Arizona first, and now they're saying, 
We don't want to be the first to call it for Biden, even when we have that knowledge. Let's just go second or third. Here we have a uh, another another portion here. Um, soon after Rupert's email, Scott, the CEO, had a long talk with both Rupert and Lachlan. They discussed mounting viewer backlash to Fox, how to win back viewers, including by not booking Democratic guests, and, quote, the direction that Fox should take. Rupert conceded that in, the con- that, in that conversation, they also spoke about the future of Fox going forward. Rupert confirmed they discussed how Fox should react to the fact that Trump was not conceding, and Rupert confirmed that the decision was to allow, quote, these wild claims on air, although he phrased it as his lawyers now do, that it was only a matter of reporting the news. Question, and you were aware that Fox News was having these people appear on the television under Fox's banner to spread these charges? Answer, we report the news, and we have dozens of people a day on the channels that are talking about the news. And this was big news. The president of the United States was making wild claims, but that is news. So that's one of the directions that obviously Murdoch is being coached to go, and that's their argument, which is internally inconsistent with their ultimate uh, views and what they were saying contemporaneously. One of the interesting things, and we've seen Donald Trump attacking Paul Ryan, the former Republican Speaker of the House who now sits on Fox's board. Um, Paul Ryan was someone who, to his credit, consistently was emailing Rupert and Lachlan and other top execs at Fox saying that, quote, Fox News should not be spreading conspiracy theories. This is what the filing says. He confirmed that the, quote, inflection point was not just one day, quote, it was the whole time in the post-election November-December time frame. Paul Ryan knew that these, quote, conspiracy theories were baseless and that, quote, Fox, quote, should labor to dispel conspiracy theories if and when they pop up. Ryan also understood that when events occur, Fox, quote, can clearly amplify that news being made by covering it. Ryan believed, quote, there ought to be a listing of all the allegations and then all of the evidence or the validation or invalidation of those election fraud allegations just for viewers' sake and suggested as much to Fox's senior management. Ryan told Rupert Murdoch and Lachlan Murdoch, quote, that Fox News should not be spreading conspiracy theories. And again, when you see uh, on the screen where it says 317, 11 to 25, see also id 342, 19 through 34319. Again, those are the portions of the deposition transcript where Paul Ryan is saying this. Everything I'm saying now, everything that's in this motion is essentially direct quotes from deposition transcripts of the individuals that we are uh, talking about. Here we now see that um, Fox executives um, were focused on the a brand management team at Fox's polling and what they were doing, um, which showed, quote, positive impressions of Fox among our viewers drop precipitously after Election Day to the lowest levels we've ever seen. So we're seeing now 
through the filing, which is going through the dates, the shift, of course, that Fox is taking, which is after it called Arizona, it gets the backlash, and then it makes the decision, we need to put out election disinformation to get back our viewers. So Shah, remember Shah is responsible for the brand management of Fox. Shah's November 13 brand protection unit roundup to Lachlan, Din, and Scott. Din's the head of uh, legal. Scott's the CEO. Lachlan, uh, who's Rupert's son, continued to show, quote, strong conservative and viewer backlash to Fox that we are working to track and mitigate, noting that, quote, both Donald Trump and Newsmax have taken active roles in promoting attacks on Fox News and that positive impressions of Fox News among our viewers dropped precipitously after Election Day to the lowest levels we've ever seen. A few days later, Shah sent an update to Lachlan and Din, providing polling data and social media analytics and warning, quote, we are now underwater with our viewers in three-day tracking and continue to show decline in one- to two-week averages. Lachlan testified that he paid, quote, close attention to Shah's brand protection reports. Indeed, Lachlan testified that the drop in Fox's ratings would, quote, keep me awake at night. And naturally so, as Fox board member Ryan, Paul Ryan, remember former Speaker of the House Republican testified, if ratings go down, revenue goes down. There is a direct correlation. Here we see Lachlan Murdoch to Suzanne Scott, the CEO of Fox, on Fox's coverage of a November 14th pro-Trump rally. Quote, so far, some of these side comments are slightly anti and they shouldn't be. The narrative should be this is a huge celebration for the president. Page 25 of the filing. Meanwhile, Lachlan continued to advise on how Fox should cover the news related to the 2020 presidential election. For instance, he told Scott on November 14th during Fox's coverage of a rally in support of Donald Trump that, quote, news guys have to be careful how they cover this rally. So far, some of the side comments are slightly anti and they shouldn't be. The narrative should be this is a huge celebration of the president. Scott, the CEO of Fox, responded, yes, thanks. And when Lachlan then criticized Leland Vitter's coverage as smug, so Leland Vitter is one of these side comments, people who were kind of trying to report accurately what was taking place, and Lachlan basically, that's smug, get her off the air. Um, and here we see that here, which is this Fox News side person, Leland Vittert, who was basically getting retaliated against by Fox executives because Leland was not pro-Trump enough. So uh, Suzanne Scott, the CEO of Fox, said, um, yes, thanks. And when Lachlan then criticized Leland Vitter's coverage as, quote, smug and obnoxious, Scott said she was, quote, calling now to direct Vitter's producer to fix the issue. And indeed she did. Executive David Clark reported, quote, also got called by Jay, who heard from SS that Leland was being smug and condescending. SS is Susan Scott, the CEO. I texted him and told him to cut it out. Um, and DCEP spoke to him. Lachlan even gave his input on the Chiron that appeared at the bottom of the broadcast, telling Scott that, quote, the ticker at the bottom of the screen is all long, way too wordy and long, and anti-Trump whenever possible. So they're trying to make sure they change the coverage to be more pro-Trump 
and to celebrate Donald Trump here. Here is a portion of Rupert Murdoch's deposition. Question uh, from the deposition. Rupert Murdoch confirmed that he could have told Suzanne Scott, quote, stop hosting Sidney Powell. He said the same of Rudy Giuliani. Question. And you could have said to Suzanne Scott or to the host, stop putting Rudy Giuliani on the air. And Rupert Murdoch said, I could have, but I didn't. On January 5th, 2021, in the filing, we see how uh, here we have a statement, a, a joint statement that's being uh, considered um, with Rupert Murdoch being involved with Hannity and Carlson and Ingraham to try to basically come out and just say, look, Biden won and let's try to stop this election being stolen myth. But of course, that never happened because it would have been harmful to their ratings. Here's what the motion says. Rupert understood that Fox could do something about the false claims. Indeed, he believed Fox was uniquely positioned to state the message that the election was not stolen. On January 5th, Rupert and Suzanne Scott discussed whether Hannity, Carlson, and Ingraham should say some version of the election is over and Joe Biden won. He hoped those words would quote, would go a long way to stop the Trump myth that the election was stolen. Scott told Rupert that, quote, privately they are all there, but we need to be careful about using the shows and pissing off viewers so nobody made a statement. The next day was January 6th. One of the most powerful portions right here from the motion where they said Scott, the CEO of Fox, told Rupert Murdoch that, quote, privately, they are all there, meaning that Hannity, Ingraham, Tucker Carlson, and all of its other hosts privately understand that the election was not stolen. But, quote, we need to be careful about using the shows and pissing off viewers. So nobody made a statement. The next day was the January 6th insurrection. After January 6th, Rupert Murdoch was telling people that Fox would be pivoting away from Donald Trump. And do you think Fox actually pivoted away from Donald Trump? No, they absolutely didn't. On January 11th, 2021, a Fox board member and Diaz told Rupert at Lachlan that, quote, considering how important Fox News has been as a megaphone for Donald Trump, directly or indirectly, I believe the time has come for Fox News or for you, Lachlan, to take a stance. It is an existential moment for the nation and for Fox News as a brand. Lachlan emailed Rupert to discuss, and Rupert responded, quote, just tell her we have been talking internally and intensely along these lines, and Fox News, which called the election correctly, is pivoting as fast as possible. We have to lead our viewers, which is not as easy as it might seem. Here's a January 12th email where Rupert Murdoch tells Paul Ryan that the insurrection was a wake-up call for Hannity, who has been privately disgusted by Trump for weeks, but was too scared to lose viewers. Here's the filing. On January 12th, Ryan discussed with Rupert and Lachlan an article called The Alternate Reality Machine about how the right-wing media ecosystem created an alternative reality for those who had come to rely on its outlets for news and were the, quote, enablers of January 6th. 
Ryan believed that, quote, some high percentage of Americans thought the election was stolen, quote, because they got a diet of information telling them the election was stolen from what they believed were credible sources. Rupert responded to Ryan's email, thanks, Paul. Wake-up call for Sean Hannity, who has been privately disgusted by Trump for weeks, but was too scared to lose viewers. I want you to think about how powerful that is. This is a message from Rupert Murdoch to Paul Ryan, former Speaker of the House and a board member at Fox. Rupert responded to Ryan that this was a wake-up call for Hannity, who privately is disgusted by Trump, but he's too scared to lose viewers. Think about that. Think about how disgusting that is. Rupert also testified with respect to the lies around the 2020 election, quote, that I would have liked us to be stronger in denouncing it in hindsight. Really? Really? You promoted it. This is what it says. Rupert testified with respect to the lies around the 2020 presidential election that, quote, I would have liked us to be stronger in denouncing it in hindsight. He admitted it was, quote, wrong for Tucker to host Mike Lindell to repeat those allegations against Dominion on January 26, 2021, if Carlson did not contest Lindell's claims on air. He admitted, and Fox hosts have confirmed, he could have put a stop to Fox broadcasts featuring Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, Mike Lindell, and their lies about Dominion. But he, along with others in the chain, the chain of command at Fox, allowed Fox to continue spreading the lies while they knew the entire time that the charges were false. They continued to promote it knowing it was false, and Rupert had the ability to stop it um, and didn't at all. Here is further from uh, the, the filing. So what changed between November 7th and November 12th? Fox entered the fray. Specifically on November 8th, Maria Bartiroma brought Sidney Powell onto her show to air the false claim that Dominion machines, quote, used an algorithm to calculate the votes that they would need to flip. The Fox platform gave Powell the stamp of credibility and reach needed to spread the lies about Dominion. And while Trump was widely known to be a voracious consumer of Fox, Bartiroma did not leave anything to chance. Now, the reason you still see some redactions here is because the court did not allow those portions to be unsealed yet. <laughs> Likely at trial, we'll get to see those portions of it. Um, now, from uh, further from the motion... And in criticizing Dominion for supposedly failing to engage with Fox, Fox entirely ignores that Dominion repeatedly tried to have its representative, Michael Steele, appear on Fox's programs in December 2020, specifically reaching out to producers for Dobbs, Bartiromo, and Piro. And Fox did not accept the offers. The idea that Dominion chose to litigate over trying to engage with Fox is wholly unsupported by the record. More from the filing. This is Viet Dinh, again, the chief legal and policy officer at Fox. 
um, who confirmed that responsibility for publication extends up and down the chain of command, and those with the power to exercise with control had an obligation to prevent guests from telling lies, which they did not do. So Viet Dinh confirmed the responsibility for publication extends up and down the chain of command, and those with the power to exercise control and had an obligation to prevent guests from telling lies. So this is a slam dunk. Here you got the chief legal officer essentially confirming Dominion's entire legal theory right here that this was the responsibility of Fox. And here I give Viet Dinh credit for telling the truth. I don't give him credit for what happened at the time uh, because he obviously couldn't prevail on the organization to do the right thing. And they spread incredible amounts of disinformation. But this is truthful. Question. If any of the people in that chain of command who had the power to exercise control over Lou Dobbs show knew what Sidney Powell was alleging was false, didn't they have an obligation to prevent her from coming on the show to tell those lies? Answer, yes. But when the executives at question, but when the executives at Fox know that the host of shows are broadcasting allegations that that executives know or believe to be false in that situation, the executives have an obligation to act, right? Answer, if they are within the chain of command and if they, and if they come to that knowledge, yes. Question, and by act, that means to put a stop to it, right, Vietin? Question, they have an obligation under those circumstances, the executives do in the chain of command, to put a stop to those broadcasts, right, sir? Answer, yes, to prevent and correct known falsehoods. Again, he's testifying truthfully here, and Viet Din, the reason that he's also testifying truthfully is he's made arguments before uh, in court cases and in defense of clients to this effect. So Viet Din realizes, and it's, I think, a smart plan in terms of being a witness, look, I'm not going to sacrifice my own personal credibility here because they're just going to pull out a deposition in the deposition, some other transcript where I've argued that. I mean, these propositions that Viet Dinh is being asked from a legal basis are not controversial propositions. They sound like bombshells that actually someone's answering the question truthfully. But if Viet Dinh wants to continue to be a chief legal officer and policy, he has to answer those questions that way. That's why those questions by the lawyers were so brilliantly uh, framed here. Here is another portion of this, which talks about how 19 of the 20 accused statements occurred after multiple government agencies had debunked the charges. Um, and 18 of the 20 accused statements occurred after Fox's research department called the brain room had fact-checked the allegation and debunked the charges so fox had a brain room they called it the brain room which they dismantled which they said these allegations of voter fraud are just completely false yet fox chose to push aside the brain room for you know sydney powell for the conspiracy theorists um here is a, another portion where we see rupert murdoch um, again, like his influence on Fox. Um, and here we see, let me just read it for you. He goes, he further agreed, Rupert Murdoch, he would routinely suggest stories 
to Suzanne Scott, CEO, about what Fox News or Fox Business should cover, and also in some instances suggested what guests should appear. For instance, on October 14, 2020, Rupert suggested to Scott that Victor Davis Hansen would be worth putting on air, and two days later, Hansen appeared on Fox News. When Trump presented a new tax bill, Rupert told the CEO of Fox Scott, quote, we must tell our viewers again and again what they will get. And when Shepard Smith attacked the Trump administration lies on air, Rupert Murdoch emailed the CEO of Fox, Suzanne Scott and Jay Wallace, calling it, quote, over the top and telling them need to chat with him. And this is an email from Rupert Murdoch to Suzanne Scott. Um, here we have... Um, Rupert Murdoch suggesting uh, that Fox VP Bill Salmon's firing after Arizona's call. Um, remember, they fired the data researcher who ran their election center who predicted the results right. And this is one of the things that they said. Um, and Rupert and Lockwin likewise decided to extend Scott's contract in the midst of Fox's election coverage. Conversely, Salmon presided over the deeply unpopular Arizona call. Thus, despite the call's accuracy, Rupert suggested, quote, maybe best to let Bill go right away, which would be a big message with the Trump people. Discover the Ozempic Zone. What happens when you're so deeply at Trump's ass? Join those already so, taking Ozempic. You get burned too. They're going down. Get rid of the person who accurately predicted Arizona. Um, yeah. Another one between Rupert Murdoch and Suzanne Scott. Let me read it for you. Rupert had a conversation with Suzanne Scott about the importance of giving exposure to Republicans in close Senate races. When Lindsey Graham was running for the Senate in October 2020, Rupert wrote to Scott, quote, you probably know about the Lou Dobbs outburst against Lindsey Graham. Could Sean Hannity say something supportive, meaning of Lindsey Graham? We cannot lose the Senate, if at all possible. Scott followed up to confirm that she indeed addressed the Dobbs outburst as Rupert Murdoch requested. So again, you see Rupert Murdoch directly here intervening and saying, get Lindsey Graham on. We can't lose the Senate because they're using the term we. We is, by the way, Laura Ingram used the term we the other night when she was speaking to Matt Gates, and she was like, we don't like this messaging here when Marjorie Taylor Greene's talking about a national divorce. That's going to hurt us because they're not a news network at all. Here is uh, again showing Rupert Murdoch getting involved in elections, particularly the primary. This is from the filing, page 148. Rupert understands the influence Fox has. He told Scott and Wallace when Donald Trump appealed for help defeating Don Blankenship in the West Virginia Senate race, quote, anything during the day helpful, but Sean and Laura dumping on him, dumping on him hard might save the day. Again, this was a Republican primary, and Rupert Murdoch's basically saying, here, go after this person, go after this person all basically to aid uh, Donald Trump. 
Here is from the filing again. When New York Post editor Cole Allen told Rupert that Biden's only hope for election was, quote, to stay in his basement and not face serious questions, Rupert responded, just made sure Fox banging on about these issues. If the audience talks, the theme will spread. Rupert explained at his deposition that to make sure Fox was, quote, banging about the issues, he, quote, must have been talking to Miss Scott. In other words, the chain of command here is Rupert Murdoch telling the CEO of Fox, Suzanne Scott, here is what you need to do. Spread the message that Biden is hiding in his basement. And that was the narrative that they pushed over and over again. And then this is from uh, Lachlan's deposition. Lachlan regularly communicated with Suzanne Scott, including on Fox programming. Such conversations would have included both Lachlan's high-level thoughts and specifics about content or guests that should not be featured on Fox Network. And at his deposition, Lachlan could not recall a single instance when Fox News did not follow one of his suggestions right there you know and then there is this moment as well um it's the last moment i want to leave you with on this video um that to me highlights something that i just think again is so despicable here we see rupert murdoch and fox colluding with jared kushner and the trump campaign providing kushner with access to Fox confidential information about Biden's ads, along with debate strategy, end quote, and gave Kushner a preview of Biden's ads before they were public. During Trump's campaign, Rupert provided Trump's son-in-law and senior advisor Jared Kushner with Fox confidential information about Biden's ads, along with debate strategy. This is directly from Rupert Murdoch's deposition at page 210, pages lines six through nine and page 213 lines 17 through 20 again providing kushner a preview of biden's ads before they were public i know i'm repeating that one but it just bears repeating how important and i think significant and frankly unlawful that is so i just want to leave you with the facts here because that's what we do here at the midas touch network we just provide you with the facts that comes Just directly fact, from man. the filing, and there is no place for that here in the United States of America. It is beyond disturbing to have a propaganda network engage in this conduct. And look, we know what they're doing. It's not a shock that Fox is a propaganda network, but to actually see these messages, it's why I wanted to read each and every one of the messages for you so that you can actually see it with your own eyes, that you can share this video with anybody that you know and say, this is just what's going on. Here's the facts. Here's the facts. And they can do with the facts what they want, but here are the facts right here. The first part of accountability is sunshine. It's showing the facts. And I know this was fairly long, this video, but I think it was important that we covered everything here. That's what we do here at the Midas Touch Network. I'm Ben Mycellus.
Make sure you hit the subscribe yeah. button now. We're on our way to yeah. 1 million subscribers. We're marching to 1 million subscribers in March. We just passed 900,000 subscribers. Congratulations. In addition, check us out on our podcast. Wherever you get podcasts, search for the Midas Touch podcast. And make sure you subscribe on your Congratulations. audio platform of preference. proud to be a it's magic Okay, so I wrote, congratulations on the 900K. I'm heading for 70K myself on my podcast, covering your podcast, LOL. So proud to be a Patreon producer for you. Keep up the great work. Also, check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Midas Touch. Got the Midas Touch. Everything you touch, time to go. Awesome. Big lies exposed. Tony Michaels podcast. Here it come. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here it come. Tony Michaels podcast. Oh yeah, here come gonna my clothes podcast. Sing it, Birdie. Yeah, here it comes. Turn the mic Let's talk about our podcast. Let's do it in a way that makes the snowflakes' heads explode. explode. Let me be clear before this podcast begins. We are loud, proud, and do not give a fuck. This is my little rock and roll bird. Yeah, you're my little rock and roll bird.
don't like this in the news. <laughs> Neither is Fox News. They're not news either. Oh, fuck. So apparently Rupert Murdoch was coordinating with Jared Kushner, and he didn't believe a goddamn thing Trump was saying. Which, who believes anything that fucking fat slop says? Is there a person out there that actually believes his nonsense and his bullshit? I mean, there might be a few. In, in, in all actuality, Rupert Murdoch is one of the richest motherfuckers in the world. Even with this Dominion lawsuit, because they're likely to win here, and it's probably going to be settled out of court. I'm surprised Rupert Murdoch has taken it to this extent, though, uh, inside of Discovery. It, they, they're always, they're always, it, listen, if they're accusing, if they're accusing the left, the leftist, lunatic, Marxist, woke crowd of doing something, they're doing that exact thing. It's always projection. Oh, Joe Biden and the Democrats are coordinating with the media to, to, to steal elections and then lie about it. Get the fuck out of here with this bullshit. No one on the liberal left fucking likes the mainstream media because they're not liberal. They're not. I, I'm, I'm liberal media. I'm liberal independent media. That is what I am, you fucking shit-eating morons. Come after me, motherfuckers. Come after me. They're MSNBC, CNN, the New York Times, the New York Post, all that, all that shit, that is not liberal media. Those are journalists. I'm media. I get to say whatever the fuck I want, whenever the fuck I want, <laughs> how I want. That's right, and I will do it too. Go for and it, I'll Tony. Do it with a liberal Daddy love it. that's who I am. And that's what I want. I so love your liberal bias, it, Tony. It's off, Lou. Okay, so I wrote, I love your liberal bias, Tony. You are right. The lamestream media is not liberal media. They are all right-wing in this country because they are, are controlled by only four corporations. Please support a call for the Justice Department to break up the corporate media monopoly in this country.
that's exactly what this show is designed to do. But I don't carry water for the Biden administration. I've never been invited to the White House. Have you? I haven't. And if I was, if I was, can you imagine? <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not saying they know who I am, but I'm saying they, they probably know that there's a clown out there saying crazy shit. But if I was invited, can you imagine? <laughs> what a mistake that would be to invite me to the White House. Oh, my God, that would be a horrible mistake on their part. I mean, I, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go if I was invited. And I would tell you, I promise, if they invite me, I will turn them down. I promise. I will turn what? them down, and I will tell you. I'll show you on social media. There's no way, no way, hell, shape, and form is my ass supposed to be at the White House. No matter the administration. No matter the fucking president. I'm, I'm supposed to hold these motherfuckers accountable. And frankly, it's very easy to hold the Biden administration accountable. They're doing exactly what they should be doing, which is governing. Uh, we're going to watch a, a, a clip of Pete Buttigieg doing exactly what the American people want in Kansas. That's right. They're, they're accusing Joe Biden of not wanting to go to Ohio because it's a red state. You are a bunch of dumb motherfuckers. Have, have you even have you even uh, uh, glanced at the infrastructure bill? Have you fucking glanced at it to see what fucking states that it benefits the most? How in how in the fuck are we supposed to have a national divorce when red states take way more fucking tax dollars than they'll ever fucking pay? And that's fine by me. That should be fine by every American. But we have to have the messaging and the narrative behind it so these fucking deluded little country folk, I'm not, I'm not knocking on them that they're country folk. Rural people are good people. They really are. They're just not attached to reality in this timeline. They're just not. I'm going to show you another example. Donald Trump, Donald Trump shit on farmers yesterday. Totally shit on farmers. Basically told them if he becomes president, they will not be able to trade with fucking China. Do you have any idea? Do you have any idea the percentage of our of our farm goods that are traded to China? Do you remember what happened when Donald Trump killed farmers' trade with China? He had to give them the biggest socialist payment we have ever given any group of people in this country up to that point in history. That's what this show is about. The show is about plucking heads out of asses. He started That's a trade war with China. To get people to understand that you're being lied to. It's going to take a long time, though. Like, you can't expect these shit eaters. And there's a lot of them that come here. You, you, you see the trolls every fucking day. The Trump sense, the Elon sense. Prices went up. You see him here every fucking day. Tell him he's right about the farmers. And I welcome them. Prices went we ha we have up to get them drastically. To to this stuff. It's a disaster for farmers. 
Their best interest is liberal democracy, not autocracy <laughs> or authoritarianism. They will be crushed by it. These weak, feeble, simple-minded people who only want a, 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 a narrative that fits their bias will be crushed by authoritarianism. Absolutely crushed by it. They won't have the strength that it takes to defeat it when it comes after them. They just won't. They don't have the fortitude to understand that they're voting for their factories to leave their towns when they vote Republican. They don't understand that their rights are at risk, that they sow their freedom, that they care about so much is at risk because they're voting Republican. Their towns are being filled with toxic sludge because they vote for Republican. It's going to take a long time to reach them. It really is. Oh, my God. It's going to be a long, hard battle. But but the, the, the elitist liberals on the left are not going to attract these people. They're not. With your fucking data and your fucking polls and your, and your stupid fucking arguments that take six hours to explain one point. It's not hard for people to understand that they don't want to go broke because of a medical bill. It's not hard to understand that parents want their kids to start early so they don't have to pay for as much daycare. It's not hard to understand that people want higher education without the huge fucking cost that puts them out of the realm of succeeding in this country. People want manufacturing back here. People want a decent fucking wage and the security of a job. It's not complicated. You don't have to fucking tell them facts and data and polls and blah, but blah, but fucking blah to get that point across. And that's why I do this show every single day. In the format that I do it in, everyone loves the format. I don't know if you guys know this, but we have, um, we're having about, in the last month, we've had about the same amount of people viewing the show. So we haven't grown the audience, which seems like a disappointment. And I'm, I'm being transparent with you. We get thousands of people that watch this show every day across platforms, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitch. And we're growing the audience very gradually. And over the last month, it's, it's, it's been level. But you know one thing that's, that's changed drastically that I noticed yesterday when I looked at the numbers? You guys are watching this entire fucking show. The whole thing, front to back. From the time that the stupid elevator music goes on until the head ass is speaking on the phone. You guys are, our view time is up. Big time. Huge. Thousands of hours every single sure. month in the last month. That means what I'm doing is working. And that's the key to this whole democracy thing. And it's the key to battle Fox News and...
by sharing this podcast on your social media feeds. Exclamation. They're nonsense. They're fucking lies and they're mind fucking of their fucking viewers. That's how we undo it. You share the show. I'm telling you, I know. I seem like I'm patting myself on the back and I'm, I'm using crazy fucking talk that I might be the Antifa Rush Limbaugh the left, but let me tell you something. It fucking worked. Rush Limbaugh worked. It worked in their favor. We can make it work in ours. I'm telling you, and I'm being transparent about it. They're not gonna, they're, they're not gonna tell their viewers what they're doing. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'll be transparent about it. I don't give a fuck. It's exactly what I'm doing. Hundred percent. I am here to talk every day to get people to slap people in the face, and again, I like the phrase to pluck their heads out of their ass and understand that they are being lied to. <coughs> Liberalism is not weak. It is strength, Fox News. Wokeism isn't what you think it is. You nincompoop Nazis. I know you're using code words when you say woke Ron DeSantos who is not getting in the race. I'm going to show you a fucking clip from Fox News <laughs> of, 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 of morning coverage at a restaurant. What I'm saying is true. You're, you're, you're not. You're not going to get around this. Donald Trump is going to be their nominee, whether Fox News wants it or not, whether Republican Party of Paul Ryan wants it or not. They know that motherfucker's going to be their nominee. They know it. They know it. I know it. Get used to it. Shit. It's time to start the fight. Stop trying to fucking. Oh well, no. I, I mean, Joe Biden. He's old. Well, what about, what about Ron DeSantis? He's not going to, even if he earns the race, he will get crushed. He's too much I'm of a pussy. You, you got to flush him off. You come here every day and you listen to me two hours a day. Five days a fucking week. Some of you are members on Patreon and listen to me on Sundays. Thank you, by the way. To all the Patreon members out there. I'm the fuck I'm fam on Patreon. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's growing over there rapidly. We're at like 122 this morning. It's fucking red. I got to 100 fast. It was quick, fast, and in a hurry. And my next goal is 150. So if you're out there and you're listening and you want you want more of this rant on the weekends and you want early access to social media, uh, we're going to do a, a Patreon party here soon. If you want access to that stuff, just go check out the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Michaels. Or go to thetonymichaels.com. You can click the I'm gonna join. link there. Become a member. Or just check it out. Just see what's... Uh, what's... going on over there? Anyways, anywho, anywho, back to, back to fake news. Rupert Murdoch. So it was them that was colluding with the administration, with the government. Of course, we knew Fox News was state news. And we know now that the reason why they were pushing the big lie is because of um, 
the read. The rating. Because they, uh, they, the knew, they knew these chuckleheads were going to believe this nonsense. They're, they're viewers. They're viewers. They, Fox News knows their viewers are really ignorant. <laughs> they know it. They're very hyper aware that, that their fucking viewers don't know shit about shit. Hyper aware about it. And they understood that their fucking viewership was going to buy the big line hook, line sinker. And if they didn't grab their audience with that piece of bait of the big lie, then OAN and Newsmax was going to gobble up that fucking viewership. They understood that. Rupert Murdoch doesn't have all the money in the world because he doesn't understand media. <laughs> Unfortunately, Rupert Murdoch understands media really well. The same way, exactly the same way that Rush Limbaugh understood how to talk really well and how to communicate really fucking well. Unfortunately, these vile pieces of shit have these talents and they're using them not for good. Not for legacy, but for their own fucking greed and their own fucking fascism. What's happening? You, you just look at one clip of Tucker Carlson and you can pull any clip at random and you know what's going on there. They know their fucking audience is ignorant. They know it. So they fig feed them ignorant porridge. It's what they do. I mean, Jesus Christ, yesterday, yesterday, the Department of Energy comes out and is like, you know what, it is a very low possibility, very low possibility that the virus was released from the Wuhan, Wuhan lab. 